and welcome to another episode of Overdrinkers. The Story Screen Presents podcast where I, Mike Burge, it me, I'm the only one that hosts this podcast, sits down with a friend and talks about a movie or a couple of movies over some drinks. And uh, today we are still in the uh, satellite Zoom world of twenty early 2021. Uh, I am joined by the uh, immensely, agreeably uh, smarter than myself, Rhea Banerjee. Oh, I don't know about that, but okay. Me and Bernadette were talking about it and you're the smartest one. Oh man, totally. you guys are so nice. But you gotta keep up. You gotta keep up. You gotta keep it up. I gotta keep so. it up. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Oh man, can't uh, just coast on that forever, huh? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> we are uh, getting together today to talk about a couple movies, uh, several movies, in fact, but two very specifically. Uh, we are. This episode is uh, tentatively titled "An Ode to Christopher Plummer," who uh, passed away recently uh, at the time of this recording. And uh, he's an amazing screen presence. Uh, he's been through, you know, over like 70 years, mm. uh, like an amazing career, a bunch of different movies. So we picked a couple movies that we wanted to talk about with him and revisited them. Uh, it's going to be fun. We're mainly covering The Sound of Music and uh, Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country. Uh you can a, a great juxtaposition right there. Oh, very much, very much, <laughs> yes. It's uh, and you can guess who picked which. Um, we shall see. Uh, but in between those two, we're gonna be uh, we're gonna just cover uh, speed round, cover a couple of other movies that we really like. But we're also gonna be talking about a lot of movies overall as we kind of go through all of this too. We're gonna be jumping around. So uh, the movies that we're gonna be talking about, we will be you know tossing some spoilers out there. Those are down in the description if you want to check them out and. Uh, just be forewarned, you know, so if we start talking about Inside Man, we're probably going to mention stuff that happens towards the end of Inside Man. So just, you know, be ready for that. And there's some stuff that happens at the end there of Inside stuff Man. That... <laughs> there's some stuff. Um, and of course, uh, what, what do you, what do you, uh, usually with um, over drinkers, we have a themed beverage that I whip together. Obviously with Zoom, this is kind of a more difficult what are, you, what are you drinking over there, Rhea? Right now, you know, I am actually keeping it virgin over here. Although this is weird because I'm looking at the can that I'm drinking out of and it says, Baby, I'm yours. Yeah, that's a bubbly. Sounds, which sounds, yeah. It's a bubbly. It's peach. Peach bubbly. Zero calories. Zero calories. I'm just trying to just, you know, it's a Monday. I got the rest of the work week ahead of me. I don't want to get too silly. Sure. So I'm going with the with the virgin drink, the mocktail. We can pretend it's a peach spritzer if we want, but eh. yeah, yeah. And I've got a gigantic martini. Oh man, that looks so good. That I actually so uh, good. had a a couple of these last night. Maybe too many. <laughs> and today's been a lot of fun. There was like a leak in my basement that I had to deal with. That's right oh, over my projector. No. Everything has turned out fine. Um, so this is kind of acting a little bit like a the hair of the dog right now. It's like oh, six yeah. o'clock. It's time to just like start again, right? That's yeah, that's the yeah. way it works. Yeah, exactly. I oh. also have a gigantic glass of water. Mm, that's good too. You gotta which you gotta which alternate. is yeah far more tasty than my martini right now. 
But <laughs> as I drink the martini, it will taste better, I am sure. <laughs> um, cool, man. So, like, let's start talking about some stuff. I, 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 want, I, I bought a robe just for this because Christopher Plummer has really, he does, he gives great robe. Yes, he's got um, some good robe game. Yeah. Good robe game. Wears yeah. wears the hell out of a suit from time to time. Mm-hmm. Looks great in a uniform. Is Canadian. Yes. That's something that I had forgotten until all the obituaries came out talking about him. And I was like, oh, huh. Well, that's like, because I watched Beginners. See, it's happening mm. already. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we watched Beginners. And in that, I was like, it's funny that these two like uh, English people are playing... Americans and I was like mm. wait uh, you know like you and McGregor Scottish and I was like I know that for a fact and then I was like wait is Christopher Plummer English and I was like oh is he American no he's Canadian so yeah he's, he's one just, of those I just assumed he was English all this time and then was pleasantly surprised and in fact I think it was the Canadian connection that got him involved in Star Trek 6 but see already we're doing the thing we're jumping we're, around we're doing the thing so let's let's talk about let's talk about the sound of music I <laughs> feel like this is the sound of music out of all the movies that we picked all of them are I would imagine slightly well known some are classics that have been around for decades and decades some are more new Mm-hmm. New-ish, new-ish from like when we were growing up. You know, we didn't mm-hmm. we didn't really step into like the Knives Out territory of recent years, even though Knives Out is a phenomenal movie and a great performance from Christopher Plummer. Mm-hmm. I would agree. I would agree, uh, yeah. Sound but yeah, music we, is we, way back when, right? Way, way, way back, way back before you or me. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. <laughs> what is there to say about a movie that... <sighs> That, I mean, I feel like you'd have to have been living under a giant rock if you haven't seen it by now. Because it's everywhere. Like, when I was a kid, they used to play it every year at Christmas time. It's not really a Christmas movie, which confused me. But mm. it was, it was uh, you know, it was on TV a lot around Christmas time. Um, oh, see, so we got Julie Andrews. <laughs> I think I texted you. I started watching it. It was kind of late at night, and I was like, this is my Sound of Music night. Sound of Music, very long movie. Has an intermission. Quite. Has an intermission. So, he's just, you know, that's that's the length we're talking about. And, like, you know, ten minutes in, I think I texted you, and I was like, these nuns are so mean. They these are. are, like, the meanest nuns. Like, so so Julie Andrews is is Maria. She's She's trying to be a nun. She's not very good at it. And uh, the nuns, <laughs> no. <laughs> the nuns are, the nuns in her, um, you know, in her order are are trying to uh, deal with her because she's kind of a mess, and they just sing a whole song called "How Do You Solve a Problem Like Maria," which is a song entirely <laughs> devoted to complaining and bitching about in in a in a cheerful sounding way, so you don't necessarily realize how insulting the song is. But it's basically a, a, a song devoted to, man, she's a problem and she's annoying. But you gotta love her. But man, she's a bad nun. Uh, she's just, she's, she's just, just a shitty nun. She's just bad at nunning. Um, and so, so yeah, so then there's a, the Von Trapp family in, in, in town. Uh, Captain Von Trapp, played by Christopher Plummer. He a has, fucking snack! Yes, he is... Uh, very uh, smolderingly broody. He's yeah. He he's, like he's, he uh, he looks how a cigar smells. Yes, that's a great way to put it. 
He's yes, and uh, you know he's 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 uh, dashing but stern. He uh, is a widower. He's got like nineteen children. No, not nineteen. He's got a lot of kids. I mean, the, the, those are a lot of kids. Eight, yeah, I think it's seven. Seven, seven. It's seven because it's uh, interestingly enough two boys, five girls. Right. Right, you know, right, right, where right. usually you cut that in half, you'd have four of one and three of the other. Right, but they, they make that 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 kind of makes it even more believable. Not well, that like right. having seven childrens is so unbelievable, but you're like, well, yeah. right, sure, okay, yeah. Good. I mean, and, and I mean, this 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 story is sort of based on a real. There was a real Von Trapp family, so I think mm. they were trying to be accurate to the members of said family. Um, so he's a single dad. It's hard. I was raised by a single dad. I was an only child. Must be much harder with seven. He needs some help. So I guess word gets out and the nuns find out that uh, Captain Von Trapp needs a governess. And they go, well, Maria's a terrible nun. Let's just get her the hell out of here. Give her, you know, an opportunity to perhaps shine in another context. Maybe she would be a good governess. And so... They go to her and basically tell her this is the deal. And she goes, okay. So she uh, she goes to the Von Trapp house. Uh, the kids are um, very, very uh, strange and um, militaristic. Their father kind of uh, has been disciplining them in a very uh, military way. They introduce themselves to her in formation. Uh, it's a little creepy. Um, takes a while for them to warm up to her. Not that long. You know, they play a couple pranks on her and then eventually she wins them over because she's Julie Andrews and she's lovely and she makes them clothes out of curtains so that they can have play clothes and they go all around Salzburg and sing scales and you know um so yeah and then you know but and then alongside all this captain von trapp is engaged to the baroness who is a lovely woman but perhaps not really the best with children she wants to send the kids away to boarding school uh when she and the captain get married and it's made out to be like oh isn't she evil she wants to send them to boarding school i you know when I was younger and I watched this movie, I was like, yeah, what a bitch. But now I'm kind of like, you know, maybe she just wanted them to have a good education. Because yeah. honestly, <laughs> Maria is not really teaching them anything except how to sing Do Re Mi and, yeah. and, and my favorite things and, and, and stuff like that. I don't really know what education they're, they're getting from this governess. Uh, teaching them how to yodel and do puppet shows. It's a little strange. Um, so anyway, the, there's the Baroness. She's a, she's a complication in this plot because she is engaged to Captain Von Trapp. Um, but by the halfway point of the movie, it becomes clear that the captain has fallen in love with Maria because she is so lovely and wonderful with his children and she's charming and she kind of wins him over and softens him up a bit and if you want to talk about a scene that is like smoldering amazing, it is the scene where he, the Captain Von Trapp and the Baroness are having a huge party. It might be their engagement party. 
and the kids are outside, you know, dancing along to the music that they're hearing inside at the big old party. And Maria is trying to teach them a dance that she knew when she was a child. And Captain Von Trapp comes out just to see what's going on. And he remembers this dance. And so he and Maria do it's the Lindler, the Lendler, the Lindler. I don't know. They do this dance together. This is this is a scene that makes me fan myself like mm. this. The 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 unresolved sexual tension that occurs in the course of this short dance is tremendous and i don't i don't know how you do that when it's a bunch of hopping and skipping around but they it's just one of those things where by the end of it you're just like oh no the baroness is in trouble i don't think there's gonna be a baroness captain von trapp wedding after this um maria gets you know uncomfortable she tries to run back to the nunnery the nuns are like oh you're back really um, I mean, they don't say it that way, but that's kind of what they say. Hmm. And then they basically encourage her to go back because they're like, you know, you're, you're like, those kids need you no matter what happens. And then Captain Von Trapp says, I've broken my engagement to the Baroness and I love you and let's get married and <laughs> end part one. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, and then part two is all about Nazis. Um, <laughs> That's not funny. Why did I laugh? Why did I laugh? I have told people that The Sound of Music is in some ways the most unintentionally funny movie ever, but it's not because of the Nazis. Nazis are not funny. Let's be clear. I do not believe Nazis are funny. Well, I mean, I I told you that there was something that I was going to say on this podcast that might get me canceled. Here we go. Here we go. I quoted it as a spicy hot take. That they would have my head on a spike by uh, by tomorrow, uh, by the day after posting it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Sound of Music, uh, I have seen before. I watched it when I was younger. I haven't seen it in a very long time. I've seen some clips uh, probably as recently as maybe 10 years ago when I was going to school for film studies. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, listen, I don't like this movie. Uh, I think that the sound of music is long and boring, and I don't think the music's very good. Um, and these are, these are all fair complaints, Mike. I, I see, like, because I've never heard anybody complain about sound of music, and I'm watching it last night, having a couple martinis. I'm a little loose, and I'm just like, this movie is like bumming me out. Like, what? Like, let's. Do something. Let's go. You've got Julie Andrews. You've got Christopher Plummer. Let's get some shit done. And I'm just like, this is from 1965 when they just didn't get shit done, like really in movies. That shit didn't start until like the late 60s, early 70s. Yeah. When they're they were just like, no, this is an event. You guys are here for like the fancifulness, which and 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 good good old fashioned family fun. It's a family movie about Nazis. A family movie. About how the, you know, and, and I guess it's supposed to be uplifting because the Von Trapp family uh, refuses to put sure. up the Nazi flag. They're going to flee. It's, it's you know? message is a little wonky, but like, sure. Like, yeah. you know, if you try real hard at something, you can do it, I guess. All yeah, right. they, you know, climb every mountain. They escape. It, they it, get into it Switzerland. It looks amazing, especially yeah. for something that was shot, you know, so long ago. Like uh, right. the cinematography 
is great. The score's okay, and the songs are all right. Like, you know, my favorite things, the, the, the Do, Do, Re, Mi, these are... These are classic songs. They're classic yeah, they songs, but, but they are children's songs. So I yeah, see what not, you're saying. They're not. They're not like. You know, I when you think of like a little, with a little flair. Yeah, little exactly. Spice. When you think of like movie musicals that you want to sing along to, I don't. I mean, like the Yoda Lady, Yoda Lady Yo song. I usually fast forward through that shit. Yeah. I can't. I can't with that. Goodbye, farewell. It's too cutesy. It's you know, too it's, cutesy. So I if it you, was I'm, I'm, if it was a shorter movie, I probably wouldn't hold it against it so much because like I can take an hour and forty five, two hour. I uh, feel like if it was bad a bad musical and be like, okay, it's still a musical, but it's like it's three fucking hours long. It's I, like I feel like this is a movie that would be much stronger if the conclusion was, and then Captain Von Trapp and Maria fell in love and got married, and they're you know they, the kids were happy. They, they kissed had a in mom. the in the bungalow. They, yeah, and... exactly. And 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 yay! And the kids have a mom and they love her, and you know life is better. You know, but the, the second half of the movie gets all political, but kind of. Uh, but it's also like half-assed political. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just like, it's kind of like Nazis are bad. We are assuming the audience agrees with us that Nazis are bad. So, of course, you're on the family side that they want to escape from the Nazis. And then they're in this singing competition for some reason. And they have to flee during the competition because Captain Von Trapp is about to be conscripted into and they have like the multiple, Nazi army. Multiple moments of hiding and fleeing and hiding. Yeah, and fleeing. yeah, You're and like, the nuns okay. help them out and all this. Then they're hiding in a what a cemetery, and then Rolf, mm-hmm. the mailman who really wants to bang the oldest daughter. Why would they like give them the prize at the end, even if they were the best? Because then the Nazis know that they just ran away. Like you could have. Yeah. They could have just like the Nazis are just sitting there. Just give the prize to someone else. Have them make like a really long speech. Right, exactly. Fix the awards. Yes, people in you're the, right. People yeah. in the 30s were stupid. Exactly. You know what's, you know what's funny? <laughs> thinking about this. Uh, what? <laughs> the Sound of Music was made in 1965 about events that take place in 1939. That would be like if we made a movie today about 1995. Oh, see. Isn't that insane? That is insane. Isn't that insane? I don't think that's enough distance. No. But you, you look at 1965 and you're like, oh, that was... Yeah, like that was that was a, a long quarter, time ago. It's a yeah. quarter of a century ago. Like right, right, right. No, and then there's. I mean, the other here's the 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 other thing that I will say in terms of um, unintentional, hilarious moments in the Sound of Music is there's there's the whole scene where Rolf, the mailman who's also a Nazi and was kind of in love with the oldest von Trapp daughter and. She's 16 going on 17 and all that stuff. Um, yeah, he's like the, the incel patron god yes. uh, at this point where he's <laughs> yes. just like, I yeah. want to pretend to be a white supremacist because they they, they like me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. It's so true. Uh, it's so true. Um, yeah, white, white then, people are fucking crazy. Yeah, I, you, know, you know that I'm not going to disagree with you on that they one. Just, they really just need to <laughs> chill out. <laughs> But then there's this weird scene where Von Trapp, Captain Von Trapp, Christopher Plummer has this weird, uh, this weird confrontation with Rolf, who's got a gun and he might be able to, he might turn the whole family in. And Christopher Plummer's like, give me the gun, Rolf. Give me the gun. And it's Mm. like, it is, it is, I can't even tell if it's unintentional or intentional homoeroticism. 
That it's is the pretty, gay, that is the gayest thing I've seen in a long time. I think it's pretty time. intentional. You know, the sixties <laughs> was always doing weird shit like that. But I'm yeah. like, but but you know, Von Trapp's not gay. Like he's no, and that's also like we're he, not getting any of that. And he he also is aware that that is the guy who used to want to date his oldest daughter, right. which makes it even weirder. You are right, though. It is kind of like you know he's kind of like yeah, like kind of give me the gun, Rolf. I've got the house music. Give me the gun, Rolf. Yeah. Go on, boy. Give me the gun, and I'm like, I'm, I'm. This is weird. It's this so is weird. A weird. It's so weird <laughs> seeing his skin not wrinkled and full of color. Yes. Like, it's, it's just like you know the sound of music, like movies from the '60s. The color, mm-hmm. the coloring that they were doing to these things. You're just kind of like, oh, he is, he is radiating. So here's what's something funny. I wanna I wanna hop onto your your saucy take that you think is going to get you uh, canceled forever. I mean, your I mean, response is making me really really not too worried about it anymore. I thought that. Oh, you thought as, that I was going to be horrified and offended as a and, as a music as a cry. fellow like musical lover and yeah, you know you pick yeah. sound of music. I was going to be like, oh man, is she going to like? Is she going to well, be like? How dare no, you? I mean, I picked the sound of music because it's Christopher Plummer, and you kind of have to. You know what sure. I mean? It wasn't necessarily, you know, I would not call this one of my favorite movie musicals. It's very problematic. There's, uh, I'm going to send you a link because I want you to put it in the episode notes. There was, I'm not really a McSweeney's fan, but somebody at McSweeney's wrote a fake article in the voice of the Baroness when she has to write a letter to everybody announcing the cancellation of her wedding to Captain Von Trapp because he's fallen in love with the nanny. Mm. And it's, it's, it's some of the funniest shit I've ever seen in my life. And it calls out every single part of the movie that you are describing as like not not good or nonsensical it's or just, just not like why I, you know it's maybe not my type of movie but it's just not entertaining and that's the one thing that I would just ask a movie to be especially I know at this that length. I'm prob- yeah I, I and I know I'm probably you know this is an older movie I like older movies they they can have a spark and a spontaneity to them I think it's another one of those maybe one of those things where like I don't feel too bad kind of uh beaten up on this movie because I'm kind of punching uh, above my weight class. Like, this is a, sure, a Stone yeah, yeah. Cold classic. Yeah. And it's just not it's just not pushing the buttons for me that I remember it pushing or that I, I, that I assume that it pushes for others. Because I'm watching it last night and I'm just like, I need something to happen, please. Well, right. I mean, I think this might just be one of those things that when we're little and we watch The Sound of Music, it's a children's musical. So you're just like, sure. oh, yay, songs, kids, yay. And then, like, you get to be our age and you're just like, what? Yeah. What? It's not bad. It's, it's not just bad. like, it's I'm just bad. like this. This I, is the thing that everyone's just like, the musical of our ages. So, like, so I'm my, like, right. my favorite story about the making of The Sound of Music, and this is why it actually jumps perfectly off of your what you feared would would get you raked over the the internet coals is christopher Plummer himself though he was very he became very good friends with julie andrews through the course of making the movie and they stayed friends for the rest of their lives and i saw a very charming interview of the two of them having a chat on youtube 25 the the 25 year anniversary is very sweet uh, he was drunk off his ass during nice. the entire filming of this movie because he thought the movie was saccharine and stupid. Yeah. So so don't feel bad because mm-hmm. Christopher Plummer, the man that we are paying tribute to right now in this podcast, also did not care for the sound of music. 
That does make me feel a little bit better. Yeah. I mean, he he cared for Julie Andrews. He liked the kids. He was like, you know, it's, it, there were good things. But he, you know, any scene that you're watching, he's obviously a very functional alcoholic, but he was drunk. Edelweiss, drunk. Lendler, drunk. <laughs> kind of like a... I must have done something good. Drunk. <laughs> Bob Ho- Bob Hoskins and uh, John Leguizamo in the Super Mario Brothers movie. Me and Robbie <laughs> recently found out that they were drunk the entire time because they were just like, this thing's fucking stupid. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I, I understand and sympathize. Yeah. <laughs> that, that makes sense. So, so don't feel bad. I don't think... I know this is in the golden era of Hollywood musicals, but I don't think this is, you know, when I when I think about musicals from this era that I think are good and stand up to time, even with dated plot lines, you know, I think My Fair Lady holds up now. I feel like you could do a, a you could do a remake of My Fair Lady or a stage production of My Fair Lady, and have it resonate and make sense and and connect with a modern audience um you know i feel like you can do that with west side story i feel like you know those are those are two musicals that people can still kind of grab onto and there's action there's nonstop action in west side story my fair lady is not necessarily action oriented but it's very intellectual and very it's all about you know words and sparring and and you know like education and language and you know that stuff that's still you know when i see either of those movies now i'm like yeah this is still this is still a good movie this is still a movie that i'm enjoying myself watching whereas the sound of music as i've said and i feel bad saying this but like i've told people this i've put it on facebook the sound of music is unintentionally hilarious and then i Mm -hmm. feel like a monster saying that because half of the movie is them escaping from nazis and like that's obviously not funny i approve of escaping from nazis yes but it's just it's it's there's it's the i mean like the puppet show i don't know i mean (laughs) that's a long puppet show i don't know why the guests at this grown-up party would be interested in the puppet show yeah the adults in this movie are weird yeah yeah very much so um you know uh so it's it's you know uh, so don't worry i guess it's what I'm oh i'm not my, my my worries are alleviated thank yeah. you yeah yeah so um you know but but i will you know inebriated or not i this is you know this is one of the classic christopher Plummer performances this is one of the ones that you know you say christopher Plummer, and that's why you know when we were talking about what movies we got to cover and i said you know we you can't not yeah i mean and so like some of the other ones we picked too we can keep bouncing around on sound and music and everything too if we we need to i mean yeah i mean that's i think we've established takes on it yeah that's like that's like the that's like the foundational christopher Plummer movie and i feel like now we can kind of move on to the more interesting because we, we we picked a an interesting group of movies you know yeah i mean the next one i think chronologically would be the man who would be king right oh, and i love this one it's a great movie I that's love like this movie i know it's you know christopher Plummer. you know there are varying degrees of christopher Plummer being 
central in these movies. You know, he's right. he's more of kind of like the story device, not even the narrator, but just like, like who the narrator's device. talking to. Exactly. Yeah, he's and he's 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 Rudyard Kipling. He's he's good old Rudy. Yeah. Uh, I, I can call him Rudy because uh, because I'm Indian. I just made that up on the spot. Um, you did it. You did it. And you can do that because you're Indian. So exactly, there you go. Exactly. There you go. Internet, take that. Um, you know, but I, but I mean, this is just, this is a movie that I knew existed and I'd always wanted to see it. So I was really glad that you put it on our list. Oh, you'd never seen it before? I'd never seen it before. Oh, this is a great movie. This is a great, I mean, like, how do you, you know, when you've got a cast, you've got Christopher Plummer in there as uh, as my boy Rudy uh the framing device and then you got michael kane and sean connery and we sean connery and we, and we just came off of our you know sean connery james bond tribute so i was just like oh this is so great we get some more sean connery and this movie is just like batshit insane and funny and it's so funny it is like, i always forget how like, funny it is yeah it's just it's hysterical it's one of the, you know like they it starts out where they, you know, these these two, uh, these two kind of, you know, f- former naval or former army officers, former like yeah, former British, soldiers, British soldiers, essentially, and they're like, you know, they're like, well, you know, times are a changing, and and things aren't really that great for us right now, and so we're gonna, you know, pickpocket some people, and then we're going to walk through the desert, uh, <laughs> just the two of us through the desert and the snow to basically from from India to Afghanistan. Now, this is a long walk, number yes. one. Uh, so there are many things that could go wrong and do go wrong. Um, and, um, you know, and, and there's an avalanche that they somehow miraculously don't die in. That's one of the, that's that part, <laughs> like them laughing because they're like, well, we're fucked. We can't do anything. We're going to die. And then they just start laughing about stories they're telling each other. Right. And that causes an avalanche that lets them get through. I'm just like, that is, that is top notch <laughs> stuff. That is so yes. good. It, and, they, and, and Sean Connery looks like he's having so much fun, which yes, very rarely happens. Very rarely. I, like he, I, I 100% agree. He was having a ball. It's like, it's like Last Crusade, where you're like, I can tell that Sean Connery is having fun in this movie. Like, mm-hmm, you don't mm-hmm. get that that often. I think sometimes he's just kind of doing things because he wants to get paid and, you know, because he's just like, oh, it's an interesting script and an interesting character. But, like, he's always the best when you can see he's just like, he's having, ha- having, a, having a blast. So much fun. And then you know, and then the the two and and like the and he and Michael Caine just playing off of each other. They've got great chemistry, great comedic timing. Mm. You know, I wish they had been in more movies together. I mean, this is basically a buddy comedy yes. with Michael Caine and Sean Connery. And then you know, so somehow they survive this insanely long and dangerous walk. They end up more or less where they were intending to end up. They 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 gather an army when they arrive. They basically take over a village. There happens to be one guy in the village who is also former military. He's Indian, but he can speak English, so he can translate for them. Yeah. Um, which, which comes is, in handy. Which uh, comes in handy. Yes, exactly. It's very good to have one of those around. Um, and then and then Sean Connery kind of loses his shit for a while because he. 
you know, they they think of him as as their king because a bunch of circumstantial things happen that that prove that he's royal and then also that prove that he might be a god. And so they worship him, you know, and Michael Caine's like, look, our plan was to come here and loot the place and leave. Come on, come on, come on. We like mm-hmm. we're here. We got we got this. We got access to the jewels. We got access to the stuff. Let's just do our thing and then go back to India like our plan. And by this point, Sean Connery's like, nah, I kind of like being a god. You know, (laughs) which, you know, which is great. And and what I love about this is he's kind of like, nah, I kind of like being a god. And then Michael Caine is, I mean, like, this is like, in some ways, this is like vintage Michael Caine, you know, pre, you know, Michael Caine is kind of an elder statesman of the screen at this point, too. But this is like young Michael Caine when he was just sort of brash and very cockney and very attitudinal and... Sean oh, yeah. Connery is like I I enjoy being the, I enjoy being the god of these people and Michael Caine is like I'm not impressed. I'm not impressed by you. I'm not impressed by this move. Uh I'm going to go back cuz that was our plan and Sean Connery is like, "Well, I guess that means we're parting ways, old friend." Mm-hmm. And then it all goes to shit because he disco- they the the villagers discover that he is not a god. He is not. It, it's like I love it when the movie gets real. Yeah. Like when you like you stop having fun and you're just like, oh shit. And like I think like it's, it's just a it's it's kind of like Indiana Jones in that way where it's mm-hmm. like it's very kind of adventure driven. There's a classic. There's like a classicness to it. And then like it's very funny when it wants to be, but it also knows how to slam on the brakes and be like, yo, these guys could die. And you're kind of yeah. like, well, I don't want them to die because I. They're funny and I like funny them. And I like them. exactly. And then, um, fun fact: I, I'm sure I don't know if you are aware of this, but the um, the beautiful lady of the village. You're who gonna do been... the Shakira the Shakira story. Mm-hmm. It's, it is. It's a good Mike, story. It's Michael Caine's wife. Yep. It's Michael Caine's wife. And do you know uh, how they met? No, actually, I don't. This is a, this is the amazing story. It's a real quick one. Mm-hmm. He and it seems kind of weird, but you're also like, this was back when like they didn't have like internet and stuff. Uh, Michael Caine was watching like a soap opera or something uh, in Britain. Saw her on there and like tracked down her agent and is like, this is the most beautiful person I've ever met. I need to meet her. And they were like, oh. she, and she she ended up only living like five blocks down from oh his house. Oh my god! This is and the so like they this is the they just met, started ever. dating, and they've been married. They've ever been married since. ever since. Ever yes, since. like that's that's cool. Yes, I love that. I love that. And so and I love that. I love that she is. So she is the woman that Sean Connery is like. She is the most beautiful she's woman ever. Roxanne. She's, she's yeah, exa- exactly, Roxanne. And uh, she will be my wife. And she's she's really not cool with this. But she is uh, clever and crafty. Yeah. Uh, does not she's not um, she doesn't she doesn't talk a lot, but she has no. a plan, and she's being basically dragged against her will to her marriage. Yeah, Sean Connery's like boratting her. Yeah, exactly. He's like, I will make you my wife. Come. Exactly. And she's like, absolutely not. She's like, no. And then she, and she obviously, she's, she, she knows in her gut that he is just a dude pretending to be someone he's not. Yeah. And I think that that's kind of funny because yeah. it's like any other movie with Sean Connery, especially in this like era, 
it'd be like, oh, swoon. Yeah, exactly. He oh, gets I'm the swoon. lady, but exactly. this one's just like, yo, she's, wait, what? You're like, like pretending to be a god. Like you're fucking weird. You're fucking like, weird. I'm not, and you just, I'm not gonna get tangled up in this bullshit. Right? Like you, ju- you guys just came out of nowhere and took over the village solely because we happen to have a guy here who speaks English, who was extremely helpful. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like, and and like, and the way she goes about it is so. I mean, like. It's just, it's almost like it's just brutal. She, she just bites the fuck out of him, mm-hmm. and then they're like, "He's bleeding." Oh my god, that means he's not a god. And it's an amazing ending scene too. The yeah. uh, or just like the final shot of just like his head. Yes. And it like oh, slowly yes. goes in, and then it, it does like that kind of rack focus where it just goes out of focus, and you can just see like the pixels of the light and stuff, and that's yeah. what it puts the credits over. I'm like. That yeah. is cool. Like yeah. it's it's yeah. really cool for a movie that you know right. came out in like 1975. Like it's right. just a really, it's really, yeah. I mean, like also, I would just like one of the things that caught me about this movie too is like once once Roxanne reveals to the village that he's not a god, just the 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 rapidness with which the village just turns on him immediately oh, yeah. they're and they're like, like they're like they're not. like not nah, fuck you uh-uh you're going to walk across this bridge and we're going to chop it down while you're Coolest doing it thing. and you're going to be dead and michael kane's like no no my friend and then um yeah no and then again and then as we said you know um uh christopher christopher plummer is 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 sort of the framing device he kind of bookends the movie and Michael Caine comes back and goes, yo, do you remember me? Uh, I'm that guy who was going to mm. do that crazy thing. And guess what? We did it. And here's his head. And here's his head. I'm going <laughs> to go see somebody later. Yeah. Kind of makes me want to be a Freemason. You know, it's... <laughs> it looks cool. They it make it look yeah, cool. Like, it's hey, just bumping into friends. And you're like, hey, man, I'll hook you up. Like, it's pretty cool. <laughs> I'm kind of uh, like I'm kind of like I'm looking through Christopher Plummer's thing to see which one's next, um, which I think you know we have to skip over Star Trek because that's going to be the ending. Mm-hmm. But I remember he's the Grand Duke in Rock a Doodle as well, and that's an amazing voice performance. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> if we were going to do musicals. Probably should have covered that one. Yeah. Rock a Doodle is a better musical than The Sound of Music. I said it. All right, that that might be that might be the one that gets uh, gets you canceled. I said it. And okay. I meant it. And you meant it. You know what? That's fine. I accept that. Um, yeah, what's the other what's the next one that we would well, have? We, I, we have we had uh we, we had a couple that kinda I guess it would probably it would probably be the insider. Because the insider is mm. before a beautiful mind. The insider right. is another notoriously long movie, but I love that movie. I do even too. though the last half hour, I always forget the last half hour exists where it's just them being like can we actually fucking get this thing on TV? You right, know? right. But see, I love movies. I love uh, All the President's Men. I love um, yeah. movies about, you know, I love uh, Spotlight. Movies about journalists sure. doing the right thing. I'm like, yes, this is, this. it just, there's just something about it that just like captures my my heart and my soul. And I'm like, this is, this is the way the world needs to be always mm-hmm. is journalists who are going to tell the truth no matter the expense and it's a what i like about it as well we've got al pacino in in you know a leading role um and he's it's not he's not really al pacinoing a lot 
No, it's a very subdued Pacino. And I think that's probably because, you know, Michael Mann worked with him already on Heat. He is a very Pacino Mm -hmm. performance. Mm -hmm. So I think he's just trying to kind of bring it down. I think he's trying to act a little bit more like the real Lowell Bergman. Right. Who I I believe he did spend quite a a bit of time with. I looked up pictures of what the people actually looked like at the time they did all this instead of just looking like Russell Crowe and Christopher Plummer. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. Mike Wallace is famous. I know what he looks like. And Mm -hmm. Christopher Plummer does a very good uh, impersonation of him. Oh, yes. Um, Oh, yes. I'll but, tell you uh, my I'll tell you my favorite moment in this movie once we once I once you finish your thought here. Oh, I was just thinking it'd be really funny to create a poster like the insider poster, but with the real people, not oh, the these, re- oh, not yeah. these like handsome like actors and stuff like that. But like the real the real dudes. Yeah, I mean Russell Crowe, I believe, was only thirty three or thirty. He's very young when he did this. When one, he yeah. did this, and he like he gained weight, and they let him, you know, they put him in the like you know the the aging makeup and all that, and he's. He, He's convincing, um, and I, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a nice understated Russell Crowe performance as well. Um, uh, my favorite moment in the Insider is a Christopher Plummer moment, and it is the moment when um, CBS Legal and CBS Corporate have told Lowell Bergman and Mike Wallace that their 60 Minutes uh, expose on the tobacco industry mm-hmm. um, featuring, um, oh, Jesus, what is Russell Crowe's character's name? Russell Crowe's character? That's uh, Wing, 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 Wingard or Wigand? Wigand, Wigand, yeah. yes. Um, and he's, you know, he's breaking his non-disclosure. He's, he's, you know, agreeing to be filmed on camera using his real voice. He's, he's he's telling the secrets and then he gets, they get squashed by, by legal and my corporate because they've been and it's threatened. Gina, it's Gina Gershon showing yeah. up to really just fucking play ball for a couple scenes. For a couple I fucking scenes, yeah. love Gina Gershon. I love her too. She's great. She is great. I wish she was in more stuff. Me too. I just love, I love, I love the way she talks. I like the way yeah. she like moves her mouth. I mean, that's, have you ever seen say, the, but... uh, have you ever seen bound the Wachowski movie that she did their first movie? Mm-mm, no, it's fucking good. And she's fucking cool in it. She's really fucking cool. Awesome. It's great. And awesome. it's uh, got one of the greatest Joe Pantaleano performances ever as well. That is awesome. I do know. She and it's, uh, uh, Jennifer Tilly is the love interest. Interesting. Yes. I do know that Gina Gershon also played Sally Bowles in the Broadway revival of Cabaret, the one that um, ah. that Alan Cumming was in. Of course. I don't know who I don't know who the MC was at the time Gina Gershon had the role. A lot of famous actors came through and played the MC though. Neil Patrick Harris played it, Michael C. Hall played it, then anyway, sure. Stamos, uh, seriously. Um But uh, my favorite moment is They've had the they they've been smacked down by CBS legal CBS corporate they're freaking out about it. Mike Wallace decides that he's going to make a statement on like the CBS six o'clock news or whatever about how disappointed he is that sixty minutes is not being allowed to broadcast the interview as they had planned it. And he says a whole like he 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 starts out by explaining, you know, I understand whatever, blah, blah, blah. But then he says some things that are just basically like, 
you know, journalistic integrity. We're exposing something that the public needs to know. He has a whole very eloquent thing Mm -hmm. he says for the 6 o'clock news. And then they all gather in the bullpen to watch the 6 o'clock news to see Mike Wallace giving his statement. And they truncate his statement. So the most powerful part of his statement is gone. Mm -hmm. And Mike Wallace loses his shit. And he says, you edited me. You edited me. How dare you edit me? And Tim and I were almost rolling on the floor. We're like, you do not edit Mike Wallace. Mm -mm. You do not edit Mike Wallace. And I was just like this. He essentially does like that whole thing where he's just like, you know, like I was taking shrapnel and nam while you were still shitting in your diapers and rubbing it on your face. Like he starts doing stuff like that. He's like, you don't, you don't fuck with me. You do not edit me. Um, And then it's interesting too, because it's like, you know, great performance by him playing somebody who like I grew up with, you know, Mike Wallace on my TV. Like, even though he wasn't like as big of a deal, I think, um, you know, going later on when I would finally start watching news on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, but I definitely grew up with like him just being like, tonight. Tonight, Mike Wallace gonna, covers. We're going to talk about some shit. Yeah. And I'm like, yes. I mean, it, it, what you know, in 60 Minutes used to be like a really, really huge groundbreaking news program It was program an event. As well. It was an it event. Was an event. It, it was and, the most like, I would say it had to be the most regarded like yeah. news show. Right. Right. Before I mean, people like started really regarding those things. Yeah. Right. I mean, I think, you know, in 60 minutes, because it still exists now, which is, sure. <laughs> which is crazy. And now like Anderson Cooper is involved and stuff like that. Because, of course, I love Anderson Cooper. No shade against Anderson Cooper. But, you know, that's just kind of, and, and it's, and, you know, I mean, like, I think 60 minutes has just been watered down because of, because of CNN and MSM. The 24 hour news cycle kind yes. of dilutes whatever power 60 spotlight stories yeah Yeah, because you're just kind of like i can get that now the internet as well like you can 60 minutes used to be the only way that you could get some of this information now it's just like you know somebody like talks out against like cigarette companies and like this gigantic thing it's going to be all over twitter before 60 minutes can even book an interview room you know like it's right everything just moves so fast for better or worse mostly worse that it's it is surprising that 60 minutes even still does exist because they kind of just like you know because they still just have that that elegance and that kind of respectability. Right, they're still they're still a brand, you know, and there's still people who you know for whom it was appointment watching and for whom it might still be appointment mm-hmm. watching, you know. Um, so yeah, but this it's this is a very you know the insider is just a very interesting look at a very specific time in the history of television news journalism and you know. And, and what it meant and uh you know i i i i thoroughly thoroughly enjoy movies like that just love michael you know. mann it, me and me and tim did an Overdrinkers on a bunch of michael mann movies mm-hmm. um I, I i we did heat but i also did collateral and i can't remember the third one um but michael mann is like one of my favorite directors mm-hmm. i think that he's uh he the look that of his movies are like oh man what if like the like what if Michael Bay movies were good? You know, like, cause they have that kind of same kind of acid wash, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, kind of yeah. high contrast blue tint kind of stuff. They, they do a lot of the same things. Yeah. Um, but Michael Mann is just a very technical dude. And yeah. he's great. He's great. And he's, he also just like the, the pacing of the movie is so good. Yeah. The, you know, you really get caught up in, in the urgency. It's a and the, good example of a nearly three hour movie that is entertaining. That is entertaining, entertaining and uh, doesn't have an intermission and there is no puppet show. 
Yes. I mean, it could use a puppet show. It could, you know. Russell Crowe show and Al Pacino like, I-, I do this when I get when I get upset. Look, th- <laughs> this one's name is Mr. Jenkins. He's the nosy neighbor. All right, and, and this one, and this one here, this one, this one's Natalie. It's named after my cat. My yeah. cat's not live anymore, but you yeah. see, like the two of them, and he, and Al Pacino just kind of crossing his arms, chewing his gum, leaning back and forward. He's got his toupee on. Yeah, and he's like, "So, are are, are you going to break your NDA?" Are you going to break your NDA? And he's like, but I got to finish showing you the puppy. I got to finish showing you this. So this is the dog. The dog's name is just Pooch. That's just the dog's name. That's just all it is. <laughs> this is another movie also that I, um, I feel really, really horrible saying this, but there are some movies mm-hmm. where, you know, you're watching it and you're seeing just the sort of impossible situation that Russell Crowe as why Gant is in and he's he's trying to do the right thing and he's also terrified of doing the right thing because he knows the crazies he's up against mm-hmm. and then you know and and I feel bad I know that you know these are real people this is a movie about real people about a real thing that happened yeah. with real people and I'm watching it and I'm just kind of like man his wife is awful yeah, his wife sucks. His wife sucks. And I feel really bad when I watch movies and I'm just kind of like, man, fuck that stupid wife of his. Like, she's, you know, like, <laughs> it makes me feel like, you know, I'm I'm anti-feminist somehow. But I'm just kind of like, I she's... I mean, no, it's the most feminist thing that you can do. Take it from me, a man. Okay, all right. All right here's, li- a little, here's a little I'm, bit of mansplaining for I'm here, you real I'm quick. Here. Okay. I'm listening, I'm listening. Because uh, you're I feel a man like one of them, and I need to one, know. Yeah, one of the most <laughs> feminist things you can do is be like, you know, chicks suck too sometimes, you know? Like, well, yeah, I mean like her... You know, her... just your gender doesn't make you like, you know, automatically groovy and, and good to go. Right, know? yeah. I mean, I, that's... You know what? That but it is, is like, a, That is it, fair. That is a fair point it is that like you mansplained to me. That is a yes, fair point. You're, you're a, welcome for me explaining that thing to you that you, know, you no, otherwise would I, never have known. I yeah. would never have known that. No, but it is, is like I get it because it's it's such a it's such a tried trope of like you know the nagging wife, the and nagging like, wife, the betrayal making, exactly. and the walking away and, and stuff. But she really his, does suck. Yeah, and she's like she's making his life harder and his. Li- I mean, like he's already stressed. Yeah. He's already like really, really fucking stressed. stressed out. He's stressed out. He's terrified. He's trying to figure shit out. And she's just like whining. He's... Oh my God, we're going to have to move into a smaller house because you don't have your tobacco job anymore. And I'm like, fuck you. Like... He's got all this world changing shit going on. And you're yeah. just like, dude, come on. He's stressed like, out. She's, like, she's like mad about the, like, she's like, the kitchen isn't big enough anymore in this new house. And I don't like the cabinets. And I'm like, priorities like doing the right thing this and it's funny because it's like that this bad. is that's like the that's the the she's from the actress is from heat uh diane venaro i always get her confused with like three other actors that are just like kind of look the same around like the mid 90s mm-hmm. um but uh moving on yeah a beautiful mind. Beautiful Another mind. Russell Crowe movie. Crow. Yes, I, I will say this. Um, I saw A Beautiful Mind when it was in the theaters, and then I have not revisited mm. it since. Mm. So there's a lot I just did not remember well, um, and um, and a lot that I just didn't remember at all. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, and, and, and like to the point where I was when when it got to the point where. 
Christopher Plummer plays his psychiatrist, the, the, the kindly psychiatrist who shows up and says, look, you, you've, you've got schizophrenia, you've got some issues, I'm here to help you, you're, you're not in, you're not well, I'm here to help you. Um, and also, yeah, he's, like, he's like, he comes in, he's like, you are right, bro. Yeah, exactly. Like he's the he's the second act. You are right, bro. Yeah, kind ex- of exactly. Arc. And it's, I remember that uh, Edward Norton was not real. I remember that he was a figment of of the imagination. Edward Norton. Edward Norton. Am I am I confusing? Oh, my Ed Harris. Ed Harris. Right. I was like Ed Edward Harris. No- Edward Norton. Ed, no, not Edward Norton. Edward Harris. I almost said uh, I almost said Ed Helms, which would have been really wrong. Pretty good, um, pretty good. Yeah. Um, I remember that he was a figment of the imagination. I forgot that the roommate best friend guy was Paul also. Paul Bettany. And I was, that, and that broke my heart. I was like, it was his only friend and he's not real. The, the, the prodigal roommate revealed. Yeah, it's exactly. so good. Yeah. I used to watch this movie all the fucking time. I'm a big, when I was young, I was a huge Ron Howard fan. I just loved watching Ron Howard movies because I'm a nerd. He's he's got a good touch. He's, he's, he's a, got a great. That's sense. the perfect. That's the perfect way to put it. He's just got a little touch mm-hmm. that he's just like I know how to make something just a little just magic enough. Like yes. he doesn't have the the magical skills that like Spielberg has. I was just or something say, like that. But he's he's got like a he's got like half got the potion. Bit, like he can of that little of that Spielbergian sparkle. Not yeah. quite. Not quite one hundred percent there, but mm-hmm. definitely a filmmaker who is in that. And definitely, like I, I, you know, I feel like if I were to sit down with Ron Howard, which will of course happen in my life because I am that important. Yes. Um. You know, I'm I'm sure he would say that Spielberg is 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 an influence. Absolutely. You know. You yeah. Can, I mean, especially. Just- I would even say Spielberg would say that Howard eventually became an influence for Spielberg as Spielberg yeah. started going into his more like adult fare as he was getting older. You know, like mm-hmm. Spielberg started making the types of movies that Ron Howard had already been making for about 10, 15 years. That's right, literally right. something I'm starting to discuss now in my Movie Daddy series, uh, which you can get, dear listener, for only $5 a month, a bunch I, of exclusive I, content I got, I got on the site. I got a notice about it in my, uh, in my story yeah. screen newsletter. I'm doing uh I'm doing um the terminal right now and it's like oh. the Tom Hanks yeah 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 get that one out of the way yeah um, I, I... speaking of which too with the terminal I, I wanted to talk to you about this uh we didn't bring it up on uh the um when we were talking about the man who would be king mm-hmm. but um do we want to talk about this at all uh from the man oh, who would be king oh oh when oh. sean connery and michael kane for just the briefest of moments are are in brown face yeah. and pretending to be like i get what they're they're, they're in disguise so it's like mm-hmm. okay it's not like they're playing characters Right. And they're not really doing an accent or anything. They're kind of doing something worse, which is just like saying a fake language. <laughs> yeah, that's I'm I'm I didn't mention it, even though yeah. I did notice I was, it. I was interested I, in what you, would, what you so, had to say. So here is the reason why I didn't necessarily mention it in terms of oh, we got to talk about this because it's, sure. it's problematic. Um, and it's because The Man Who Would Be King is written by my boy Rudy. Richard Kipling. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he, I have a complicated relationship with Kipling because he, so he's, he's, he's English, but he was born and raised in colonial India. He has 
an interesting perspective on India. He has a problematic perspective on India. He wrote the famous poem, The White Man's Burden, Take Up the White Man's Burden. It's all about how the English have to come and raise the savages of India and the other colonies and Fun. make them, make them uh, um, you know, better in that white way. Um, super, super chill concept to write an essay on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. But at the time, totally acceptable. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and so when that happened in the film, I was just like, ooh. And then I was like, but this is based on a Rudyard Kipling story. Sure. So yeah. I I let it I let it kind of fly by. I was kind of yeah. like I was like this is a problem. This is problematic. I don't like this. And it is luckily but in and out. It's it, kind yeah, of yeah, it's yeah, over it's not, and done real quick like yeah, cuz I think yeah. it's uh it like rains at one point while they're walking and now they are clean and like that's <laughs> it. Like that's that's it. And I'm like okay. Mm-hmm. And you just have those moments where he's just like you know, Sean Connery's just like, you know, I just give them the old crazy eye and make cluck cluck sounds and they leave me alone. And I'm like, oh, hey, ah, like, loosen it, loosen. And yeah. I'm like, you know, I'm the type of person, uh, white man, um, mm-hmm. that kind of just like, especially with something that's like 50 years old, this stuff kind of washes right over me where I'm like, yeah, no, okay, I get it, I get it. But it's like, you know, it's not really, it's not really something that would, piss me off uh if it was something that was like you know a stereotype that i deal with every day based on like you know the color of my skin or my right, gender right right and, and i was just interested because i was just yeah, like because i know. recommended this movie no, and i, I forgot that that you moment was in there and, and i was like said you were like well so, but that was the thing i was is, like i was like wait are they like this the whole time oh no <laughs> what have i done to Rhea? uh no 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 i you know get, get uh, a text from you at like two o'clock in the morning <laughs> well, I'm like, I like dude like what the fuck is this <laughs> It's a brown face movie. Um, no, I, you know, I think if this was a, this is going to just sound very strange and circular and hypocritical, but if this was a movie that was based on a story that just a random Hollywood screenwriter wrote, uh, I would have a bigger problem with it. But because sure. I know that the source material is Rudyard Kipling, who actually genuinely did love India. He loved yeah. India. He grew there's up a, there. There's an artistic intent to it, even exactly. if it is just a bit, you know, be like, yeah. well, how could these two white guys get away with being in the middle of this place and crossing the desert without getting murdered? And it's like, oh, well, we would just dress like them. And I'm like, okay, yeah, sure. But that's, but that's you know, it's coming from him, number one, that was somewhat acceptable at the time. That sure. this movie is set. And then it's also, I mean, you know, Kip, I mean, even, okay, The White Man's Burden, really offensive poem. But <laughs> but he he wrote it with love. And that's the thing, that's, that's the thing about my boy Rudy, you know, is he, it's, it's problematic, but he is not coming from a hateful place when he writes stuff like that. You know what I mean? And so that doesn't necessarily mean, therefore, it's okay and let's brown face it up all the time forever from now on. But I I do, in a situation like that, consider the source material and I go, okay, this is a Kipling story. Mm -hmm. This is who Kipling was. And I get it. And it just, it squeaked me out a little bit, but I was, but, but, but this is Kipling. This is, this is his thing. And I know he means no harm. 
Mm-hmm. And I, again, <laughs> that doesn't mean that people can just walk around in life in 2021 and be like, I, I'm just, I don't mean no harm, but I'm kind of racist, but I don't, I love yeah. everybody, but I'm, you know, it's, this is, this is, this is kind of a complicated thing to unpack, but. Yeah. And um, I feel like we'll have a little bit more conversation about that too. When we get to a certain Spike Lee movie in a moment. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. go and first off, you're the coolest. Like that's such like a, it's such a well stated and articulated response that it's just like, Oh, thank you. Yeah, that's why I like you, man. <laughs> like you're just, you know, cancel culture's getting out of control and we need people of color like you just kind of <laughs> stepping up and taking the flags and being like enough is enough, man. No, you're just, you're just so articulate and kind oh, and just like generous. It's Where it's just, like you could be pissed off about that completely I, and be I like, could. "Fuck I, that I, shit!" I totally, like, yeah. I totally could. But and and again, like I said, if it had just been been written by Joe screenwriter, sure. Hollywood screenwriter, I would have been like, "What the fuck is this? Seriously, <laughs> what the fuck is this?" But I, but I know the source material, and I know I, I don't obviously. Rudy and I aren't like friends because he died way before he I died, was born. He, he died, died a long, died time, a long time ago. But I, but I know, I know his relationship to the region that he was writing about and, you know, it's, it's, and that's, that's just, and that's always a complicated relation, you know, like when the British finally left India and there were a lot, there were a lot of English people who had been living in India and the British left because they were like, we, we no longer can afford colonies. We're going to we're going to let you know, we're independence. Cool. You want to be independent. We can't afford this anymore. We're leaving. There were a lot of English people who had been living there for a long time, generations even, who said, we're going to stay mm-hmm. because this is our home. And that's, you know, and, and that's that was that's how Kipling felt about India. This is my home. And he wrote from that point of view. And that's why, that's why I don't, I don't want to condemn him for Mm. the brown face moment. Mm. If anybody else, I'd be like, we're going to find this guy and desecrate his grave. Sure. Kipling. I'm looking at pictures. I'm looking at pictures of Kipling right now. And he's a cool looking dude. He is a cool looking Uh, dude. He's a cool looking dude. I mean, and he's a fantastic, I mean, the Jungle Book, he's a fantastic I mean, that's, I'm looking at his IMDb right now. And his top four known on IMDb are Jungle Book, The Jungle Book, Mowgli, and The Man Who Would Be King. There you go. Yeah. There you go. And also like, uh, you know, I know we jumped back real quick, but I I failed to bring up like uh, uh, John Huston directed the man who would be king a phenomenal oh, director oh, that's right an amazing yes, director yes yes one of, yes one of the greatest that ever existed like Which this we, is... i mean like yeah that was when we were watching the opening credits and we saw john houston's and we were like oh shit this is yeah man. we got it's john houston we got plumber we got kane we got kingsley we got it's a legit little movie man we got kipling you know i mean it's it's there's a lot of there's a lot of and again it's also like Connery's having a ball making that movie, and I just—I think everybody had a ball making that movie. Even even the uh, even the actors they cast as the natives, you know. Mm-hmm. I just everyone just seemed to be, they were they were enjoying the story, and that's because it's just it's a caper. It's a caper. It's a good know? movie. It's a caper. Um, but get, getting back to my my sweet, dear, beautiful mind. Beautiful um, mind. Yes, yes, yes. I used to watch the movie all the time. Uh, it's got some solid lines in it. You know, um, she never gets old. Like, that's a great line. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Diana always quotes the, uh, 
the like this is real like that kind of line yeah 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 um i do love i have said i have had a couple friendships where i've had the mortified petrified terrified stupefied of you that kind of (laughs) diatribe and this is also like one of my earlier kind of um invites into the world of Paul Bettany, which is an amazing world to live in. Mm, mm, um, Paul Bettany has mm. been one of my favorite actors ever since the um, the 90s. Mm. And uh, it was mainly due to things like A Knight's Tale mm, and course, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, A Beautiful Mind, where he like plays these kind of supporting characters. And, uh, and then that going into like getting to watch him in stuff like Wimbledon and priest and all these like fun like little right, movies right, that he does right. that he's always a treat and the fact that he has finally landed on like vision and that now he's he's like in one of like the coolest tv shows i've pretty much ever seen as a character that just keeps dropping right, that right. that sharp knowledge you know have you watched wandavision Wait. at all no it's on my it's 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 on my list Dude, I, I, paul I, bettany I, is a mm-hmm. revelation in that show yeah i will yes, definitely he is uh, like we're looking for a new series. We've we we binged a bunch of stuff in the last few weeks, so I think maybe yeah. one, one division is next. That's that. Yeah, be we're finishing up. Me and D are finishing up the crown right now. <gasps> loving it, loving it. I won't sidetrack you. We'll talk about that another time. We will. I'm excited <laughs> to listen to the episode that you and Byrne did, which oh, is yeah, also available, you, you, listener. Yeah. If you want to check that out, yeah. If you want to check that out, um, you'll, you'll get some more. Uh, you'll get some more context now when you listen to that. We uh, actually just got uh, while we're talking. I just got an alert that we just had somebody else, a new person, sign up for the exclusive content. It's always fun when that happens. Oh yay! We got well, a decent amount now. We got welcome, a decent amount of people person. coming in. Yay! Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. The other thing is. Uh, um, the, the, the uh, we, me and D watched uh, Ted Lasso. Have you seen that? That is also on my list. Highly recommend. It is one of the best TV shows I've ever seen. That's Sudeikis, uh, right? Jason Sudeikis. It's Jason Sudeikis uh, earning that, that Golden Globe with every scene. Nice. Effortlessly. Nice. Uh, you forget he's Jason Sudeikis, which is kind of crazy. It is, yeah. At least I did. And uh, it's mainly it's everyone else in the show. Like he's got an amazing supporting cast in that show. Awesome. It's good. It's very okay. good. And also, it's extremely more sad now in retrospect because it is about a guy going through a divorce. Mm-hmm. So it is insanely mm-hmm. sad given mm-hmm. real life circumstances where yeah. he's getting yeah. he's getting yeah. fucked over by mm-hmm. Harry Styles, which is not the guy to get fucked over by. No, can't, no. And can't that feel is too a, good. You know, that is a relationship that... There are some relationships, some Hollywood relationships that I find baffling for similar reasons. Um, that one, the the Harry Styles Olivia Wilde situation, I'm mm. like, I'm like, how, why, how did these people meet? Uh, what do they talk about? Maybe they don't talk. I think um, they were. I think they were in a movie together or something. Yeah, but she's, you know, she's chill and cool, and I've seen her interviewed. She's a smart cookie, and, know. and uh, you know, and. Harry Styles is pretty fucking cute, man. Like, uh, no, well, no shade at I Jason Sudeikis. No, 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 no. I, or I, even no shade at, like, you know, um, the vows of marriage, bro. Uh, <laughs> but, like... Right. No, no, it, no, but it's it's like... it's I. But I feel... The way I feel about the Harry Styles-Olivia Wilde situation is how I felt when Priyanka Chopra and Nick Jonas got married. This is a this this yeah. a relationship that I just find strange. Fuck yeah. Where do they meet? What do they talk about? 
What they're is happy, going on? They're, I know, they're I know, I know, and I shouldn't be mean. They're happy, you know. They, you know, and also, I mean, like, we're, if we're gonna go down the Priyanka Chopra, Nick Jonas role, are road, we okay? I mean, All right. I, I'll, I'll just stop it at this. She is ten years <laughs> older than him, so you know what, cool. Priyanka, go get it. Go get Good it. for you, girl. Go get it. Good for you. And he's, I, I'm not a Jonas Brother fan. I'm way too old for that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I saw him on Saturday Night Live a couple of weeks ago when he hosted and he was the musical guest. He can sing. He's talented. I'll give him that. He was funny. Yeah, he's I, cool. I, he's I, cool in uh, uh, Jumanji. He was in Ju- I did not realize he was Ow. in Jumanji. Yeah. Okay. Uh, He's in Jumanji. Noted. Noted. But yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Beautiful mind trying to like drag <laughs> us back. At- Let's get See, it. Yes, I'm, yes. I'm usually the tangent guy. And what always ends up happening when me and you do an episode <laughs> together is that we're both talky, talky, tangent people. Yeah. Yeah. We we indulge each so, other's tangents a lot. Uh, we're about halfway through. And cool. Okay. We're, all right. All right. We're, we're going to do we're, okay. we're gonna, a beautiful we're, mind. We're, we're really good track. movie. Yeah. Really good movie. A lot of fun lines. What else you got? Uh, uh, like you know, I mean, and, and if we want to, if we want to hone in on the uh, on the plumber on on the plumber aspect of things, yeah. um, you know, this is one of those those movies where he shows up and he is um, a very you know uh, helpful, uh, slightly stern but helpful, comforting presence. He's also villainous at first because you don't villainous. know if he's yeah, real. Yeah, you or don't not. know if he's real or not. If he's and real or not, or if he's a Russian agent, like he's doing all that stuff. Yeah, I, yeah, exactly. I love that thing about a beautiful mind, which is you. I love that you don't know that stuff is going on like that until like halfway through the movie. Right. The movie is interesting on its own, just as like, yo, this guy's a pretty interesting character. Russell Crowe's a pretty cool like new performer. Right. Right. Like, this is kind of cool. Right. I like this. And then and you're like, also, he's fucking crazy. And you're like, what? Yeah, yeah. No, and it's like the moments when it's so the moment when 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 it's revealed that all of these important figures in his life are not real. Um, the moment where um, his wife, Alicia, comes to visit him in the facility and she's trying to break it to him that, dude, you're not really a CIA agent. All of those things, all of those secret envelopes that you've been putting in that mailbox, that's not even a real mailbox. And she has like the paper bag yeah. filled with that. And in that moment, you just, my heart just broke Yeah, because you're just like, oh shit, it is fake. And then like the... The stuff with the the giving the baby a bath, yeah, is insane. It totally uh, it's insane. also oh, got yeah. a fucking smash of a score. Oh yeah, the fucking score yeah. in this fucking movie yeah. is it's, I I it's one yeah, of those ones no, that I want to have on vinyl, but it's like one of those it it came out in that weird era where it's like oh they weren't doing vinyl anymore for like ten years they were like. Vinyl's over before vinyl came back, and right. James so James now. Horner is the composer, and it's just like he and he's, is. I, so he's and he's a great he's one composer. of my he's one yeah. of my favorites. Like him and Thomas Newman, I feel like you know they work you know mm-hmm. a mm-hmm. lot, um, mm-hmm. but uh, I feel like they don't get as much like love and respect as like you know your Williamses and your and your Shores, right? Uh, but they're fucking good, man. right? Like right, like James Horner fucking did Star Trek to the Wrath Con. Come on. See, Come there you on. go. There you go. I'm clicking there on James go. Horner right now. <laughs> um, Titanic, Avatar. Oh, Titanic! How can you not love? Oh, this? apparently he's uh, got music in Barb and Star. Go to Vista Del Mar, even though he died five years ago. 
Must be mm-hmm. like a song track that he okay. made. Okay. Okay. Um, the 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 thing that was a little rough for me in a beautiful mind, and I don't mean this in a in a I'm criticizing the movie way. Uh-huh. It's more in I just the the brutality of the way mental illness was treated at the time at the time that this movie takes place. Sure. Um you know, I'm I, I had never heard of insulin shock therapy. I'd heard of electro shock therapy. Yeah, it, and it's kinda like you expect like, oh, they're gonna bust out the little the little zappy sticks. The zappies and you're just like, gonna get no, we're gonna inject you with insulin and then fuck your shit up. And it's like, yeah, oh, we're Jesus, like, that's you, insane. We're gonna put you in a diabetic coma and that's how we're treating your schizophrenia. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? I mean, that's like something like, how do you even tell if that works? Yeah, that was the thing. I I went down, after the movie, I went down a Wikipedia wormhole of like, what is insulin shock therapy? What is, how do they discover it? Does it And now Instagram is offering you some weird shit. (laughs) I recently uh, uh, restarted my Facebook account. I got locked out of my account for some reason. I was wondering that. I got a friend request from you and I was like, I was like, hmm. It locked me out for some reason. I don't know what happened. You know, the joke would be that, you know, I was like looking at weird stuff. I don't know. But it literally just happened out of nowhere. It's automated. They wouldn't. I never post on it. I really use it for just story screen stuff. So I was just like, fuck it. I'll just start a new one. Mm. And everyone's like, but your photos. And I'm like, I don't fucking care about my photos. And they were like, dude, you're so cool. You don't even care about your Facebook photos. That's so cool. And I was like, oh, thanks. Whatever. Um, And then like, and now I have like tons of friends and stuff. But uh, my algorithm is so fucked up now. Like, they used to have me down. They were like, this guy likes movies. He mm-hmm, likes comic mm-hmm, books. Mm-hmm. He's kind of into jackets, I guess. <laughs> and they would just show me that stuff. Now they are trying to sell me so many guns. And I'm like, oh! Facebook, listen, I am not into the gun thing. And oh! they're just like, yeah, but like, wait till you get one. And I'm just like, is this how Facebook looks to other people? Because there's just guns like every three or four posts. I get a lot of uh, I get a lot of um, hair product ads, which is I, I get a lot of like male pattern hair. baldness, like fix your hair, which I'm like rude Facebook, like no, exactly, chill, exactly. chill the fuck out. Man. I get a like, lot. I, I get a lot of hair. I get. A, I I've been getting a lot of um, like, are you having uh, acne? And I'm like, well, everyone's wearing a, I'm wearing a mask all the time, so yeah. I'm, Getting acne the way I yeah. did in high school, but yeah, like, getting fucking Orion's belt on the middle of my nose. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. And I'm like, you don't have to make me feel so bad about it. Yeah, yeah. And then they're just like, <laughs> they just offer me things where I'm just like, that's like a little mm. like I'll be like, I'll say to Diana, I'm just like, oh man, I put like that twenty pounds back on while we were like in ice when we were uh, held up because I was just treating my body like a trash can and eating pizza rolls. And now my mm. belt doesn't fit. And now Facebook's just like, stretchy belt. You can get a stretchy belt. Doesn't matter. And I'm like, I'm not getting a stretchy belt, Facebook. No. Like, that's that's too much for me. No, no. What is even the point of a stretchy belt? It not the belt supposed it's to... It's essentially just like elastic. It's uh, elastic so like, that you fasten around yourself so that it... Yeah. So that it keeps it's kind of like stretchy up, pants. But it doesn't bite into your skin because it's too... That's all right. Know. Cool. I you can mean, get a stretchy belt, and I can get a gun to put on it. That's, that's great. That's a, if that's Facebook a... had its way, I'd be a completely different person. <laughs> my that, pants that would, would be, be 
my pants would be like firmly on my hips and, and there uh, would be a there'd be a gun wedged in there too because it's a yeah. stretchy belt and so it would accommodate the gun this is true because it's stretchy. that's what they're doing they're just that's what trying they're to doing do. that's so weird <laughs> beautiful mind great movie next really movie we're movie. talking about is inside man spike this is, lee uh, this is one of my favorite movies Do this it. is one of my favorite movies there's so much going on in this movie and there's this a is, lot fucking there's a going lot on there's a lot going on and this is also one of those movies sometimes tim and i will watch a movie or we'll revisit a movie and as we're watching the credits we'll have these this moment of fuck everyone is in this movie everyone is in this, movie. In this movie denzel washington chewy to for christopher Plummer. Jodie Foster, Willem Dafoe. Um, Jodie Foster in this movie too is just like I love her. She's in just this showing movie. up to fucking play. Like she she's just is, like I'm gonna do my thing where I just don't open my mouth all that much, and I'm just gonna smile just a little bit, and you, you guys are gonna take me real seriously. It's gonna be a good day. Yeah, yeah. She's and, good. and also that's my I, Jodie Foster, by the way. Sorry. That's a, it, it was. It was I, all apolo- right. I apologize. It was all right. It was. I, I got a little Holly Hunter in there. Yeah, th- th- I do that a lot because, like, I do like the little like quick thing. I do have a Denzel Washington. Do you want to hear that? I do. Ask me a question. Uh, Denzel, uh, what do you think about Christopher Plummer in Beginners? That was actually very good. That's why I I know I I'm like I've got that. Don't go any further. Where me and Tim were talking about Denzel Washington too, because we were just like he's he always answers questions just like in a way that no other actor can pull off, and it's definitely not in the script where he's just like okay, okay, okay. You know, like he's just <laughs> yeah, like he yeah. does things where you're just like he just says the word that was only typed once, but he's like I'm gonna say this 15 times. Yeah. And we're gonna make sure that it really sticks. Where he's just like, yeah, you, you, you're gonna mm, do that. You're gonna do that. That's great. We're gonna do that. And we're gonna do this. And we're gonna. And then he's got like go the here. yeah. He's got the hot clap. He's like, ha! you know, yep. he does like that. Yeah. Yep, yep. Should we tell Edgy of four too? Is is he's and it, and then like that was like before anyone even knew who he was. He's like eighth build on the script on the on yeah. The, this had to be you know, right around Serenity. So like yeah. I had seen Serenity where mm-hmm. f- as far as my little mind goes, Chiwetel Ejiofor just kicked open a fucking door in my brain that never knew that I needed someone exactly like him in it. Right. He's amazing in Serenity. Yeah. Yeah. No. And then and then and then I, I you know and then and, and then you get twelve years a slave and you're just like fuck this guy is good. Chew it tell. Must be um, you know. Uh, so it's it's you know it's one of those. Uh, everyone is in this movie. Uh, oh, Clive Owen. <laughs> everyone uh, is in this movie. Um, dot the desk at all? Yeah. 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 Um, so you know this is uh, what I like about this movie is that. First of all, I will let me just clear the air. the The theme song during the opening and closing credits of this movie is a Bollywood song, and it is not only really interesting. It is, it shit. is not only a Bollywood song; it is maybe the most famous Bollywood song in the history of the industry. Wait, it even com- even more famous than Jai Ho? 
Yes, because that because uh, <laughs> because Slumdog is not a Bollywood movie, you know. So no, yeah. This, I do so feel this... like I do feel like I get a lot of like Jai Ho references a lot, and I'm just like <laughs> these are not the same thing. But no, okay, I, no, I no, see I, mean, I were, see why you they were paying would make homage these connections. to yeah. Bollywood with Jai Ho. But yes, 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 homage yes. To, so so the song is called Chaya Chaya. I'm going to send you. Not only the McSweeney's Baron Von Trapp canceling uh-huh. the wedding link, I'm going to send you a link to a YouTube of the the song sequence that this song Chaya Chaya is from that Spike Lee used in the opening titles of the film. It features an actor named Shah Rukh Khan, who is the biggest actor in Bollywood. He's my favorite. I love him. He is literally in this song sequence dancing on top of a moving train. It is epic. It is beautiful. It is a great song. It is fucking famous. And so I remember, I mean, like, and and it's like when I was in high school, I was, I, I went to private schools. I was friends with a lot of white people. And I was always trying to get them like, watch this Bollywood movie. Watch, this is a really good movie. This is a really good movie. And I remember when Inside Man was in theaters, my best friend Sarah went to see it with her dad. And she recognized the theme song because I had shown her good. the movie. And she texted me and she's like, he's using the Shah Rukh Khan train song. And what's going on? I don't know why Spike Lee chose that song as the theme song. It is a cool song. And they did remix it a bit to make it kind of uh, flow for the opening credits and make it sort of New York-y. Um, the lyrics of the song, it's a love song, so the lyrics of the song have nothing to do with what's going on in this movie. So I've always found it baffling. I looked into it. Spike Lee does teach cinema, I believe, at NYU, and I think he had a student. The story is he had a student who was an Indian film student who's really into Bollywood and showed him that movie, and he was just like, that's a fucking cool song. I'm going to use that. So I just like that song. Yeah, so, I feel like, like that's like there's no, you know, I read a piece that was just like... um you know, I don't think that the writer was in, intentionally being racist, um, he, he, but yeah. like just kind of, you know, with, heart was in the right place. Maybe it was just like, yeah, the inclusion of, you know, like an Indian song and, you know, a kind of almost terrorist type event leads you to believe that they might be in some way connected. I'm like, no, I don't think that I don't that's think, what Spike I don't think that Lee was, was no, doing. No, no, exactly. I think that's a <laughs> right, stretch. I, I, think I started reading stretch. that and I was like. Wait, what? No, no, no. That's what? a stretch. I really no. honestly I think, think he just like I, I he think just, he just like digs the, song. the fucking song and it it's doesn't matter great, where it comes from. And it's yeah. a cool it's a cool song. I'm down. But it was like I know that song so well because it is the first song in it that song is the first song in the Bollywood movie it comes from. So mm. there's something about watching a Spike a Spike Lee movie or whatever, a Hollywood movie. The screen is black and then the opening chord starts and because I know the Bollywood movie, my brain kind of was like this is when I first saw the film. My brain was kind sure. of like what 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 am I watching the right movie? Is like this you're dreaming really almost? Yeah, yeah, it was like, this is the opening to, oh, no, wait, we're in New York. Okay, never mind. And then I'm kind of like, Spike Lee, what are you doing? Anyway, um, so that's He's a, a cool tangent. Guy. He's a cool He's guy. A cool he guy. Li- you know what? He liked the song. He's got good taste in Bollywood music. That's cool. I like you, Spike Lee. Um, what I like about this movie as well is that it is... Um, and this is going to sound wrong. I don't want to say I like this movie because... You're doing this a lot. 
I know. This, uh, I'm, this I'm, 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 I'm trying not to I get... I thought I was going to be the I'm one trying, with the spicy I'm, I'm, takes. I'm trying not to get canceled here. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to say that I like this movie because it is the least Spike Lee movie of the Spike Lee movies. That's wrong. Mm-hmm. Spike Lee is a fantastic filmmaker and has made tremendous movies that I really, really like. Loads. So, but 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 it is interesting that, that Inside Man is actually his biggest box office hit. And yeah. it and it is a movie that he he did not write the screenplay and it's doesn't really overtly explore themes that he typically does in his filmmaking mm-hmm. but he is Spike Lee and he's clever and he cast it in such a way that allows him to throw in moments here and there of the Spike Lee sensibility. There's, yes. you know, you've got you've got Denzel and Chiwetel as the two lead detectives. Um, you know, there's that's there's a scene when Denzel is talking to the um, the uni cop who discovered that the bank was being robbed, and that cop was trying to tell him a story about how a kid had, you know, pulled a gun on him when you know a few years ago. Yeah. And the cop is using, you know, he's saying the spit kid, and he almost he's like, says, yeah, yeah, can we, can we, like, yeah, you know, yeah, because he almost uses the n word, and and Denzel's kind of like, could we, could we maybe not do that? Could we maybe not do yeah. that? And the guy's like, oh, and this oh, is this oh, is at an interesting spot with um, because this is kind of um. This is like kind of uh, something that I call like the the weirdo Spike Lee trilogy, which is uh, 25th Hour, She Hates Me, and Inside Man, which mm-hmm. are movies that if you didn't know that they were directed, if you, like you weren't shown that they were directed by Spike Lee, you'd almost never think yeah, that it was yeah. because the style is so different. But as it's, soon as you find out it is Spike Lee, you go, that makes so much sense. That makes the so tracking much shot exactly. with Denzel, like where he's obviously on a treadmill moving fast through stuff. You're like, right, that's right. such a Spike Lee right thing to do he does it in so much like you get it but it's like same with 25th hour which is like this really phenomenal movie about like post 9 11 uh kind of regret and grief and guilt and it's really fucking cool and it's got Mm -hmm. an amazing philip seymour hoffman performance and an even better um uh barry pepper performance anna paquin is also really good in it Mm, okay um fantastic movie but these are like it's it's he's breaking away spike lee's breaking away from the things that you would from typically the, from expect the spike, from the, him from the spike leeness from he the... started fucking around yeah kind of in the same way in the past like five years he started fucking around with um recording more uh plays and stuff like that mm-hmm. and like his right his his recording of david burns american utopia is fantastic and uh, he, he did he, that. I love that. He oh did my God. that. Oh my God. I'm and he did go a, find a, that immediately after. It's this. so oh it's really fucking good. You can really see a lot of his fingerprints on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, he did. He directed uh, the filmed stage version of Passover, which is a play on um, uh, waiting for Godot. Uh, only two homeless uh, black men in. Uh, oh, wow. it, it's fucking amazing. Wow, by homeless, I can't remember if they're homeless. They're definitely destitute. They're uh, mm. you know, they're they're down on some luck. Mm-hmm. But it's an amazing mm-hmm. pro- it's an amazing wow. production. Okay. Uh, highly recommend. Passover. I will definitely be checking that out too. Yeah. So we so we have these Spike Lee, you know, and then we've got um, uh, uh, one of the bank employees is a Sikh played by Waris Alualia, who is a, yeah. a famous model. Um, shows up in a couple of Wes Anderson movies as well. He's just a 
good-looking specimen good looking of dude. brown man. Yep. And and you know and he throws in a little bit there too. You know he, he, they they uh, the hostages throw him out of the bank with a demand for food or whatever, and the cops are immediately like, oh fuck, he's a terrorist, he's a terrorist, he's got a turban, whatever, blah blah blah. And so like Spike inserts a little bit of the you know like when they're sitting with him in the diner. He's got his guy. politics he's, yeah, in exactly. there. Yeah, exactly. He's like, he's like he's I got want the, my turban back. It's the part video of my game with the kid and all that stuff. And right. Yeah. Exactly, that that know? that scene is so good. Um, oh, with Clive Owen like, and the kid and. Oh no no no! Oh, I want my turban back. I yeah, want, yeah. When he's like, I want my turban back, and he's just like, no, like I, you guys are saying, like you understand, but like I need it back right now. This is important to me. It's a part so of my religion. Stop, I do please it. stop fucking around. He's right, like, exactly. I'm not saying I want it back. I'm saying I need, need it, it back. back. I can't do anything right now. And right because it's, and there's that it's, great line where he's like, well, you can get a cab though, right? And he's like. All right, I guess there's positives that like you're just yeah, like yeah, right, yeah. that's very Spike Lee. Where that's it's right, yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and so it's I mean like there's just, there's just a lot there's a lot of funny dialogue in this movie. There's a mm-hmm. lot of uh, I mean it's just smart. It's snappy, and um, and then and we've Clive got, Owen's gonna walk right out that door. He's gonna walk right when out that door when he's good and ready. He's gonna stink because he's been hanging out in a hole for a week uh you know but but cool um i uh so so let's we'll talk about the plumber in this <laughs> christopher plumber is the owner of the bank that is being robbed and um oh man you know what i'm so sorry to tag you off there i just realized that i'm doing my christopher plumber podcast on the day that i actually had to deal with a plumber because of the leak in my basement oh hey there you go that's pretty cool okay please continue with your okay. very smart point sorry i had to get so that we've out got, there we've got we've got christopher Plummer. he's the owner of the manhattan <laughs> trust bank that's being robbed and he's got a lot of banks but this is like his you know flagship bank or whatever in, in you know downtown mm-hmm. uh manhattan and um you know and the and the thing you know, the thing that Clive Owen has on him and why this robbery is, is going to succeed is he knows that uh, Christopher Plummer has a stash of diamonds that he acquired because he sold his soul. Here we go. We're back to the Nazis. In World War II, he could have helped his Jewish friends, but instead he helped the Nazis because the Nazis paid him a lot. And he got a bunch of diamonds and he got this Cartier ring from the wife of a really dear friend of his who was Jewish. And they were all taken to the camps. And he took the money that the Nazis gave him and he built his banking empire. But there's these confidential Nazi documents with swastikas all over the manila envelope. It kind of like sound of music coming full circle. I was just going to, you read my mind. We've, yeah. got, we've got Captain Von Trapp saying no Nazis. And then we've got... The president of the Manhattan Trust Bank uh, saying, mm. uh, you know, I, uh, I, I could have helped my Jewish friends, but I was greedy. And I've spent, and I did feel for him when he sits down, when Jodie Foster basically finds out the whole backstory after it all, the, you know, the hostages are saved and they still, they have no idea who's responsible for this crime. It wasn't even, is it really a crime? Nothing was stolen as far as they know. I, I do love you the, uh, I do love the goofball, like kind of logics of stuff where at the end where there's like, well, technically they didn't steal anything. Blah, 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 blah. We're just going to drop it. And I'm like, 
That's not how cops work. No. You do not have to do anything illegal for cops to be like, let's fuck some shit up. I'm like, I don't, I don't know about that. Right, uh, right. Yeah, his, guy, his, his, his sergeant or whatever is like, bury it. Just bury it. There's no bury crime it. here. Yeah. And, and Denzel's and just like, ha! Yeah. And then he discovers the okay, okay, he discovers okay. the uh, yep, and he discovers the missing uh, the missing records for the the mysterious uh, uh, P, uh, uh, safe safe deposit box number three ninety two or whatever it is, and I think so you nailed it. Yeah. and so um, you know he you know and, and and he you know connects up with Jodie Foster. Jodie Foster knows more about the situation. And then when Jodie Foster kind of puts all the pieces together and she goes and confronts him in the barber, barber, the secret, the secret man barber shop. Um, And I love that scene because she basically tells, she basically expresses her extreme disgust for him and what he did. And she's like, you know, if she's like, I have this on you and now, you know, I have this on you and this is the way our relationship's going to be. And then she kind of is self-deprecating. She's like, all right, I got to go get back to work. I'm helping Bin Laden's nephew buy a co-op. Fun. And so it's like, you know, she kind of tips her hand that like, okay, I'm not necessarily the most ethical human being either. It's a fun, it's a fun relationship to have your two, your, like your two villains of the movie, you know, because as we move on, we find out that Clive Owen is in fact like nefarious in no way. He doesn't want to hurt anybody. Nope. He just wants the diamonds and he's using those documents. Listen very closely to the words I'm about to say, because I choose my words very carefully. And I never repeat myself. Yeah. I never repeat myself. Um, and, That's and the he, who. <laughs> and he's he, he just he wants the diamonds and he's he just the, wants the diamonds. He wants the diamonds and he's keeping the documents as an insurance policy. That's, that's a tagline for the movie. He wants the diamonds and he's keeping the documents. He's keeping the documents. And, he's and, keeping and the that's documents. and and then that's basically what Jodie Foster tells Christopher Palmer like okay, you uh you told me that the deal was the documents have to be, you know, uh returned to you or disappeared. She's like, they are disappeared. He has them and they're going to stay disappeared as long as nobody mm-hmm. comes after him for like, they don't even know what the crime is. They haven't figured out he's stolen the diamonds yet. Um, and then she says, oh, by the way, I'm helping Bin Laden buy a, his, nef- his nephew buy a co-op and we've put you down as a, a reference for the uh, the co-op board. And that's like her her little knife in the mm-hmm. knife. In it, the it's funny, too, that... Clive Owen and Chiwetel Ejiofor are in this movie in 2006, and they're also both in Children of Men, which is also another amazing I love that Chiwetel movie. Ejiofor performance. I love that movie. That is a great movie. Um, um, so, uh, so we got our boy Michael Caine's in there too. Oh, we're, good. we're coming full circle everywhere with this today. It's aren't like we? goodbye Ruby Tuesday. <laughs> what you gotta do is get a little dog. <laughs> Uh, that's that's a that was a very good Michael Caine. A little well. pupper, a little pupper room. Yep. Um, um, so yeah, so it's, I it's, am running late. You are running late. All right. So let's, let's talk let's, about let's talk about the film that you want to. No, no, no. We got we still got to talk about beginners. Like I, I'm not saying. Oh, lordy, lordy. Okay. I'm not saying let's wrap up. I'm saying let 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 let's uh let's try and be responsible here. I, I probably okay. got like 
I've probably got like a good half hour. I can squeeze a half hour. I'm supposed okay, to be at a, this. We can do I'm this. supposed to be at a meeting with Robbie and Tim to talk about a new video series in two minutes. But I just texted them. I was like, it's me and Rhea. So we run in late. And they're like, it's fine. <laughs> they're like, oh, right. It's you and Rhea. And me and Tim mm-hmm. run late on our overdrinkers all the time. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah, he, yeah. he, me and you both have tangents. Mm-hmm. But Tim will let me keep going on a tangent. He'll actually keep asking me questions to keep the tangent going. <laughs> I don't know if it's malicious, but he will do it. So I like we're trying to talk about heat, and I end up talking about like how corn grown uh, south of like the northern hemisphere is like better because of this, and I'll be talking about that for a while, just and because he, and, we made a corn joke. And he'll be like, "Tell me more about agriculture." He's like, oh, is that true? Like, is that kind of like, that's the, that is that like for any reason? What's it? He'll ask very broad <laughs> statements, you know? And he's definitely listening to this too, because he listens to every episode. So hi, Tim. Hi, Tim. Um, yeah, so I mean, I, I think that kind of covers Inside Man. I just love it. It's a great, it's just a heist action. So much fun. It's a fun movie yeah. in a weird way. It's just a fun movie. And then you've got Christopher Plummer as the surprise Nazi sympathizer. Um, surprise. surprise um beginners so i where where christopher Plummer plays another nazi sympathizer which is weird which is weird he, he's yeah he's he must have really actually really... he put he's a nazi sympathizer in all of his roles yeah, that's a little he, that's easter egg that's, that's on his wikipedia how much he hated the sound of music yes he said i'm just gonna play nazis from now on because yeah. i hated the sound of music no, that's terrible. We are bad people for saying that. Um, yeah. uh, beginners, um, beginners is a great movie. This is a fantastic movie. I was so is, happy that you picked it. Yes, when, I love watching when, this movie. When Christopher uh, yeah. Plummer passed away, this was the first movie that uh, my Tim, my boyfriend, not the Tim that you were just talking about. Tim is there's yes. a lot of Tims in the world. Um, it's a good name. Strong it's good, name. It's a strong name. It's a good you know. It's a good name. One syllable packs a lot of heat. Um, oh. Uh, as a baby, I'd say. <coughs> that was a maybe t- TMI. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. uh, um, I because I'd never seen Beginners, and we really? were like, yeah, and we were like, uh, but it had always been on my like, it was like in my my Netflix list for a yeah. long time, and I was like, let's watch a Christopher Plummer movie, but let's, and then we and then we went, we do this sometimes, we'll watch one, and then we'll be like in Christopher Plummer mode, so then we watch the totally. inside. I'm watching a lot of Christopher Plummer in our house, so. Yeah, because originally it was like, uh, pick a movie, and then you were like, how about seven? And I was like, God, yeah, perfect, great, good. Because um, that's really how much he hated the sound of music. He just he just said, I'm going to make the rest of my career uh, uh, a, a series of Nazi performances. Yeah. It makes sense. It makes sense. A, I think I think that's a good uh, move to make, you know. Mm-hmm. It's a sound career choice mm-hmm. that did him well. Um, we are bad people. <laughs> um, beginners, uh, I, I did. I, I I'm a little afraid to say this because I don't know how you're going to react. Um, I I don't I don't want you to cancel me. Oh God! What I, I can't even imagine what you're going to say. <laughs> um, the Christopher Plummer plotline in Beginner is is uh, it's just so much more compelling and so much more interesting than what's going on with you and McGregor. Yeah. Oh, totally. Okay. Yeah. Oh. Relieved. Absolutely. Relieved. Yeah, I, I feel I like thought, you, I you, you and McGregor's, upset. you and McGregor's whole thing, as like you know, D's piece really kind of goes into too. Is like he's he's a sad guy, and mm-hmm. when you play sad and you play sad like correctly and specifically like how 
I think Ewan McGregor's approaching the sadness of this character is like it can come across as kind of uninterested, uh, which mm-hmm. also kind of leads to it kind of being uninteresting, nice. uh, which is why you kind of have like the narration and like the kind of fun drawings that he makes and like you know when when mm. they say it's the size of a quarter and you cut to a quarter two dimes and a nickel five nickels 25 pennies right right and you start kind of getting like this kind of if that's the insight into his mind that kind of makes him a little bit more fascinating but i right. wouldn't say it's necessarily interesting and it's nowhere near as interesting as christopher plummer is just like breakthrough performance in this where you're just I like I love it. I who love it. Could have thought that he would just be so good at these mannerisms that that he embellishes this character with. There's it's it's just it's and he's so insanely lovable. Sweet. Yeah. I love how he he calls he calls his son and says I went to a club, you went to a gay club. Insa, 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 exactly. Insa, 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 insa. And he's like and he's and he's and, and and he's like that's 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 house music and he's taking notes. He's house, like house music. House music. Okay. And then, you know, like and he gets so into just like the the sub like the the gay subculture and he like he he all of a sudden he's got an army of gay friends and he's got you know, a, a much younger, handsome, kind of eccentric boyfriend and, mm-hmm. you know, and it's just, it's just all so endearing. And like, and, and those, fr- this, the thing is like all of it, all of the community that his character kind of rallies around him at this late stage in his life, they all care about his son, you know, mm-hmm. like they, 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 they care about him. He's, He's often at the house visiting when they're all hanging out and stuff. And he's just, it's like, there's, there is, there is some deeper sadness going on with Ewan McGregor's character beyond just, you know, my, my mother died and then I found out my dad was gay and their marriage was a lie. And then my dad died and I'm sad. And, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot, there's a lot more going on there. And then I, you know, I find myself you know, I found the girlfriend very compelling. His his love interest, the the French Melanie Laurent, yes, yes, yes She's the great. Uh, the French um, actress model who travels a lot. But they they sort of connect, and you know, and, and she's got some heavy stuff going on in her life. Her dad is calling her all the time, saying he wants to kill himself. I mean, like, there's there's yeah. some heavy. Dad's not got a good vibe. No, no, but you know but who then, plays the dad? Who? Denzel Washington. Ha! I, you know, I I tried. I tried. No, you to, did I, it I tried to you live up good. to your. I tried to live up to your. Theme. You did it better, actually. I, I think mine was too high pitched. Yeah, you oh, got that. Oh, I got the. I've got. Well, I, I mean, honestly. Yeah, you got that. Uh, honestly, my, I, my son is in the new Christopher Nolan movie. <laughs> you know, like you got that. That's because that's because I've got this like baritone speaking voice for a lady. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> the 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 girlfriend. She has the potential to be so interesting. She's got this really, really heavy thing going on with her family. And then she's also, you know, she's kind of troubled in her own way because she's not, like, good at being in... I mean, that's the thing that she and Ewan McGregor have 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 in common Mm -hmm. is that they're they're both not really great at being in long-term relationships. And that's sort of the arc of what happens to their relationship is that they you know they're they're close and they hang out and they seem to you know they have all the 
you know, that kind of heady stuff that happens with a new love and a new romance. And then when they take it to the next level, they both are just kind of like, I don't like this anymore. And I get why Ewan McGregor is like that. Because at this point, we've had enough character development that we know that he's just he's he's just a man with some issues. Yeah, and he's, and got, he's got some very particular um, needs that aren't like, you know, he has that great line where he's just like, I just don't think that this is the way that I'm supposed to feel. Right. You know, right. and it's just like, no, dude, like that's what happens in relationships. And he wants like this kind of perfect version. Right. And I th- that and he I, thinks he's supposed to get that doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. And I feel like it's it's almost he wants that because it's a response. It's a response to the relationship that he now knows his parents didn't have. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Exactly. Which, you know, if if we had like a stupid wife in um the insider we got a great wife mom oh character man i love her I, w- I wanted more of her i thought she all was so cool d- i love how uh it's mary page keller um uh i love how the mom's character and everything and her relationship with everyone is kind of communicated just through flashbacks and mm. memory it's really cool and you but you get such a great well-rounded picture of who she was even in yeah. these small kind of episodic snippets and um and 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 you know and they're and they're her story is told it's very clever it's told in a way you get a really well-rounded idea of who she is and the father who turns into Christopher Plummer in his old age is absent from all of his memories of his mother mm-hmm. and that's also that makes sense when you when the pieces of the puzzle come together and his father comes out to him and, and says, you know, this, my, you know, she married me knowing that this was true about me, whatever, blah, blah, blah. It all, it all kind of makes sense. And I, I, so I understand why even McGregor's like fucked up about relationships in this movie. Um, absolutely. But I, you know, I feel like just, I want to know more about Melanie Lawrence I want to know what, why, because the implication seems to be, oh, because she travels so much for her work and she has kind of a transient lifestyle because of the nature of her job. That's why she's not good at permanence. And that's why the relation, that's, that's kind of how I inferred it. Yeah. I I mean, I think that's, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head. I don't think it's intention. It's not intending to be any deeper than that. And I think what you're, you're asking is like, you wish that it was. I wish that it was because then I would have, I would have cared about that storyline a little bit more. Instead, I I was just, instead, every time we would get them, I'd be like, let's go back to, let's go back to Chris. Let's go back to Chris. Because he's just, it's such a, you know, and to round off on beginners, you know, it, it's just such a, a special performance and that's kind of the thing that made Christopher Plummer mm-hmm. such an amazing performer is just like he's just so good like even something like All the Money in the World where he just kind of comes in and, and takes over and replaces Kevin Spacey in like this moment yeah. of need. Yeah. You're just kind of like I watch that movie and I'm just like look this movie is okay. Mark Wahlberg's giving good Wahlberg, sure. But Christopher Plummer <laughs> is just like Mark. hitting it out of the park. Yeah, that's, you know what? I haven't, that is on our list. It's on our Plummer list. We've been, you know, I told Pretty you. Pretty fun. Been, Pretty fun movie. We've been plumbering ever since 
we lost Mr. Plummer. Um, so that's yeah, we we you know we're and we're just we're just curious about that because of the circumstances of Christopher Plummer being a part of that movie and and why it's it's you know? it's very cool because you know it's obvious at points that like yeah he was not on set with this person. This person was talking to Kevin Spacey or this person was talking to like a stand-in and stuff and he they're not there. And uh, Plumbers is really good at being able to pull that off, you mm-hmm. know? And in in Beginners, uh, Christopher Plummer, uh, noted not gay man, mm-hmm. um, is really kind of pulling together this kind of thing that bridges the gap between um, stereotype and believability. Like yes, there, yes. there are stereotypes of gay men that mm-hmm. abound and some of them are here and it's just because it's it's the unfortunate thing of like sometimes stereotypes are just kind of good or not good but like they kind of they they match correctly and in movies visually stereotypes kind of just they they it's it's an information transaction that's much quicker than explaining something unique and individualistic. You know what right. I mean? And I also feel like a, another another thing that's going on with his character in this movie is because he's able to finally explore his sexuality this late in his life, he gets really into the stereotypical parts of gay culture because he's just yes. like, I'm gay, rainbow flag time. Ah, yeah, it's, you know? and it's fun. And it's fun. There's and, a and great, one of my favorite lines of all Christopher Plummer history is probably... And it's probably, it's, unfortunately, it's not even Christopher Plummer saying, like, the punchline of it, but he's just, like, when he says, we're going to watch a documentary about Harvey Milk, he was this, like, gay uh, politician, and Ewan mm-hmm. McGregor's like, yeah, I know who Harvey Milk is. Like, it's, like, he <laughs> thinks that he, you know, because he has, he's kind of strayed away from, like, the, the gay world for so long because of his intentions with his marriage, mm-hmm. that he hasn't really allowed himself to experience what it is. So he's learning about these things for the first time. And it just by nature of his character, he's pretending like he's always known, right. but he's not realizing like it's the gay flag. Like everybody knows that. And he's like, right. no, they don't. You know, he's like, no, everybody knows everybody that. Did knows you not that. know that? Yeah. I, I, you know, this is a, a comparison that, um, a, a friend of mine, a, a, a trans friend of mine, um, a, a trans, uh, trans male i you know I, I i'm really really trying to be careful because i i i want to mm-hmm. i want to be respectful technology wise friend of mine mm-hmm. assigned female at birth now lives as a man said that when he first kind of came out and was true to himself and and how he saw himself how he felt about himself he said that, you know, you if you look at the clothes I wore back then, it was embarrassing as fuck because I was just wearing all of the cool, like, teen boy clothes that I wanted to wear when I was in middle school and high school, but I couldn't because I was a girl. And mm-hmm. it's like, I feel like it's a similar thing going on with Christopher Plummer's character here. It's yeah, like, he's like, all I, of a sudden I, I you're allowed to be joke. yourself and you're just going to, you're just going to go for the easiest thing that you can grab and yeah, be like, get some uh, ascots yeah. and some sweaters. Yeah, like, exactly. I love the joke where he's like, I always remember him wearing a purple sweater when he told me this, but actually he was wearing a robe right. again, <laughs> Christopher Plummer giving great robe, great robe, great robe as always. Um, uh, another thing I really do like about this movie is uh Ewan McGregor's relationship with his father's dog. I was who, gonna uh, say we have to talk about gotta, Arthur. We have to talk about Arthur and how Arthur 
Oh, Arthur speaks to him. Kind this is of. Arthur's. This is Arthur's movie. It really is. At the end of the day, I'm when I when I click play on beginners, I'm like, it's Arthur time, baby. Arthur Let's time. do this. Mm-hmm. Everyone else, all the human characters, all these big name actors, even Christopher Plummer. No disrespect intended. You know, they are ancillary to the Arthur, to the Arthur. segments yes. of this of this yes. movie. Yes, just the way that he he's he's communicating kind of with Ewan McGregor just by basically mirroring all of the miserable thoughts that Ewan McGregor has about yes. life. And it's just, you know, and he's just and it's and it's just it's a great dog performance because he's the most deadpan dog. I have ever seen um, is very sweet, you know, and and then there's also this really well, one of the sweetest moments in this movie too is is something that happens after after Christopher Plummer's character dies and Ewan McGregor has decided that he's going to fly to New York. He's he's fucked up the relationship with his girlfriend, but he wants to go and fix things. So he's going to leave L.A. He's going to fly to New York. He's going to find her apartment. He's going to knock on her door and whatever. And he doesn't have anyone to take care of Arthur. And he finally reaches out to his father's boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And his father's boyfriend takes care of him. And his father's boyfriend is just kind of, he's super sad too. And he's he kind of basically says, you know, we both miss him. And, and you can be a part of my life. Like, you can we can be mm-hmm. in touch. Like, I would like to see you. I would like to have you in my life because your father was important to me and that's like i i just found that very touching and also very sad because it's like you know you and mcgregor is so bogged down in his own depression and he doesn't see that you know like yes his father had this community and i think i mentioned this before like the, the, his father had a community that that loved him oh yeah for being movie his nights son, you know fireworks yeah yeah and and his boyfriend is just you know he gives him a hug and he's like you know i i you know i miss him too and you know i i i would like to see you more like thank you for thinking of me when you needed someone to take care of arthur and i was just like oh i felt so just for for the boyfriend just like oh this poor guy you know <laughs> like yeah and he, he's got that great line where he's just like you know he's like you know i don't want to i like i don't want to have sex with you Right, he's and like you and McGregor's like I don't think that, and he's like right, but it's like sometimes straight people can be uncomfortable, so it's like you know I just want to say that, and you and McGregor's like, no, it's <laughs> it's okay, it's like my, you know, it, my my dad's gay and he's sick, so I'm I'm going through some shit, so it's like, but you you're not on the list, like it's fine, <laughs> um, right. Right. And I love it. He also has that uh, the great um, what's his name, uh, Goran Vesnik. Uh, who plays um what's his name is it andy andy, andy? yeah yeah andy uh with that amazing wig um yeah. where he's, he says he's just like you know some people wouldn't even consider what i do sex anyway so and you're just like cool that, that's a cool thing to kind of just drop <laughs> thank you for that information um, um great movie really really great movie uh again uh, i highly recommend diana's piece about it if you want to absolutely if you want to to take a deeper dive than we just did uh in that movie uh i think we do have to move on to final one right here the, here we the go piece de resistance yep 
I am I am 33 minutes late to my meeting, but it, we're gonna we're gonna finish off strong. <laughs> Star Trek Six: The Undiscovered Country. I did not know this movie existed. <laughs> this is a great movie. Okay, it is. Uh, it is. It is. It is. I I'm just saying. I'm not. I'm not a Trekkie. Yep. I my 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 godmother is a big Trekkie. She can speak Klingon. I'm that. That's. I'll just leave that one there. Um, but I'm familiar generally with the universe of Star Trek. I have seen a great deal of the Jean-Luc Picard. Is that deep? What's, what was his? That's a uh, next generation. Next generation. Mm-hmm. I've seen, cause there are a few absolutely beautiful episodes of the next generation. I, I love, oh, yeah. I, I, you mm-hmm. know, that, that, that standalone enough that you don't, you don't need to necessarily know everything that's been going on plot wise. And, you know, um, so, so I, you know, I know the universe and then I, I am a big fan of the recent films with, uh, with, uh, my boy, Chris Pine. As, oh yeah. Uh, Those are a lot of fun. Yeah. And you know, Zach, Zachary Quinto and, and, and all that mm-hmm. stuff. And uh, Carl Urban, just yep. like Ur- not getting an Oscar three times in a row. Love it. Yep. 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 He deserves an Oscar for playing uh, uh, that DeForest Kelly impersonation is pretty fucking spot on. Man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it, I I enjoy those films, and what I what I love about those films is that they're 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 done in a way that allows somebody like me, who sort of only has dabbled in the track. Oh yeah, they are but, they are clean entry points, which yes, is but, very important. Yes, but also I I have friends who are like big Trekkies who are like. Yeah, I like them too. Yeah, that's like, me, man. Like, like yeah, I'm a huge, yeah. huge Trekkie fan. I, I will see anything that's Star Trek. And like Picard, that show was terrible. But you know what? I fucking loved watching it because it's Star Trek, and they say like it, they got like teleporters and guns and stuff, and they say Starfleet a lot. And Whatever. It is Patrick fucking Stewart. It's Patrick Stewart. I don't give a shit. Yeah. It's about Brexit. Okay, fine. <laughs> fine. Uh, Star Trek Six: The Undiscovered Country, though, is um. You know, context for the listener, this is the final movie in the original series uh, tale. Like, you know, the the show was on for three seasons. It got canceled Uh, many, many, many years later. They made a movie. Uh, It cost too much money. It made an okay amount of money. So then they were like, okay, make another movie for only like $16 million dollars. And, uh, you know, like, let's just try this one more time. And they hired Nicholas Meyer to do it. And that movie was called Star Trek II The Wrath of Khan. And it is one of the greatest movies ever made. Famous. And it went on to do Search for Spock, The Voyage Home, The Final Frontier. And for the final one, Undiscovered Country, they brought Nicholas Meyer back. He directs this one as well. This is the movie. This, this was is, my first introduction the, to Star Trek that I can remember. This is the handover, basically, to the next generation. Technically, Generations is the first, like, by this point, the next generation have been on for a while on TV, you know, and they, they okay, don't take okay. place in the same time period. This is like, this is about 50 to 100 years before the next generation. Right, right. So this was it, the first Star Trek, the next generation movie, Generations, bridges these where it starts out with an original crew story, breaks into next generation, and then Shatner shows up and... We have the untimely ah. death of uh, Captain Kirk ah. helping out Jean-Luc Picard. Yeah, ah. it's it's a lot of fun. Okay. okay. Undiscovered Country is a movie that um, 
motion picture is really cool. Uh, like the Star Trek, the motion picture, the first one is very mm-hmm. cool. Wrath of Khan is a classic. Search for Spock is really good. The Voyage Home is just a blockbuster icon. The Final Frontier is a bad movie. And so they really wanted to go out with a bang. Uh-huh. And I feel like Undiscovered Country, it's not as good as Khan. It's not as like classic blockbuster style as Voyage Home. And it's it's not as bad as Final Frontier, so it kind of gets lost as like this this final thing. But it blows, and I think it's really cool. I think it's a cool fucking movie. I do too. It blows my mind that it gets lost in there because so 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 Tim and I were watching this, and we you know he'd never seen it, and he's more familiar with he he was a devoted watcher of the original sure. Star Trek program. Can't believe he'd never seen this. Then what the fuck? I know he's he's he he he's been derelict in his uh, uh Trekkie duties. It um, is even like like even but that that kind of goes to my point that I was saying is like even devoted Trekkies and stuff. This is one that's really kind of not on it's their like radar. It's like not on their radar exactly. And, and we, it's only on mine because like I grew up with it. Like I had it on VHS and I would watch it all the time and I'm pretty sure that the first time I ever laid eyes on like a Star Trek symbol was either this or an episode of Next Generation, but I'm pretty sure it was this. Mm, okay. I just, it, what 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 blew our minds, I did a little research, by the way, we were, we were mentioning uh, Christopher Plummer's Canadian-ness. And yes. uh, so I did a, a little bit of, of uh, uh, research into how Christopher Plummer ended up in this movie. Buck, shock, leg. Yes. <laughs> It's great. It's and, uh, great. It, it's it turns out that Christopher Plummer and William Shatner knew each other from back mm-hmm. in the day in Canada in in Canadian theater, and they they had approached Christopher Plummer to play this role, and and, and Plummer was like, "Fuck no, I'm not doing that. Yeah, sorry." And then I think Shatner might have played the Canadian card. I think yeah. he might have gone to him and been like, "Look." I'm Canadian. You're Canadian. We've known each other let's for fuck years. Around. Just like, yeah. Let's just do this. Just like, come well, on. Just, it was just humor me, my friend. Of, um, just humor me, my it's friend. It's a lot of pressure. Yeah. Because it's very similar to the Khan character where they're not really on screen too much. It's very mm-hmm. submarine based. It's a really cool villain. General right. Chang is fucking awesome. Right. And that's what makes him so scary is that we don't... He's not there. He's like a... He shows a, up he, and then he's kind yes. of a mysterious. And then he goes away yeah. and then he comes back and you find mm-hmm. out that he's kind of more of the, oh, excuse me. You know, he's not the big organizer of all of this, but he's definitely like right. the sharpest, the sharpest right. blade out there. Right. And what was, so we were watching this movie and we were like, oh my God, this is a Star Trek movie. Okay. Um, and we're watching it's the original, great. we're yeah. watching the original cast and the original cast you know they know their characters they're executing their characters the way they always do and then there is that courtroom scene uh-huh oh i love that yeah and 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 christopher Plummer in that courtroom scene just elevates the mm-hmm. level of acting the i love the the, the table sky. too because it's uh when they're when they're at the table at the dinner at the beginning and Chang has that uh that line uh to be or not to be that is the question which preoccupies our people Captain Kirk we need breathing room <laughs> and then we get another Nazi reference with Christopher Plummer where it's like Earth Hitler 1938 right I bet yeah it's fucking great <laughs> it's fucking 
great. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there's also much- an amazing line where Spock says there's an old Vulcan proverb, only Nixon could go to China. These are the, the words that must be put together at, at points in time. And Star Trek does the heavy lifting and puts them together. Right. Right. It's just, it's just, it was just, again, it was one of those things we were like, we were like, this is a Star Trek joint. It's fun. It's Star Trek. We got Shatner. We got, we got, we got Nimoy. You got we got every, we got our dudes. There's, there's Takei. He's there. He's going to help. Cool. And then Christopher Plummer comes in and just, just elevates the film to a mm-hmm. level that you would never think could be possible with this cast. No shade on the cast. No, yeah, yeah. No shade they on know the what cast. they're doing, they but know it's what like doing, he's, but he is just so... He's got big shoes to fill. Exactly. Like he's he's going up against Khan 10 years later. Exactly. Like this is 1991. And this it's is just like and like in that courtroom scene he just blows everything away. Mm-hmm. He is so fucking good. He's got and that, that awesome eye patch that yes. doesn't like have any straps on it. Yeah, he's, he's just, like shaved bald, but he's a Klingon, so he's like got this unique look. Yeah, and it's just he's just he's so compelling. So we were just we were just like, this is the fact that he's in this movie is fascinating. The the way he just has taken a Star Trek plot and like elevated it to like yeah. high theater and is you, just so. You've watched. You've watched a lot of Christopher Plummer movies lately. Like this one's very outside the wheelhouse that he yes. usually operates. Oh yes, yes, in. yes, absolutely. And like it was... not only playing a villain, like he plays a villain from time to time, but when he plays a villain, it's more like something like Inside Man, where he's, you know, kind of just like this snooty, stuffy person right, who's just right. like, I know what I did back then, and I did what I had to. Right. You know. Exactly. And this exactly. he's just like, I'm gonna fucking drink your blood like yeah. i am gonna yeah. i'm gonna fuck you up and that's it's great and that's the thing is is so so uh, you know in, in the aftermath of of Plummer's death tim and i watched beginners and then we went and we watched uh the insider and then you and i discussed doing this and we made our list of movies so i came, came doing home and I, this. Yeah, this, this 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 podcast this podcast me this pod, and the, you the Plummer, discussed the doing cast. this no and then and then we had this very long list of movies that we inexplicably decided to to cover <laughs> And I came home and I was like, well, here's Tim, here's our next plumber movie. We're going to be watching the Star Trek. And and Tim was like, what? Christopher Plummer was in a Star Trek movie? What? Yeah, man. And we loaded it up and, and we Tim was like, I can't believe we're doing this. And to then be the, or not. And it's just, to it's be. just, it just blows by. I mean, like, you know, and then there's like. He's like playing like a Shakespearean Klingon. Yes. Come on, man. Yes, that's amazing. Christopher Blummer is playing He's a Shakespearean, Shakespearean Klingon. That is brilliant. cool. It is fucking brilliant. And it's just, you know, and, and it's, I mean, it's got a There's little that bit scene where he's, a... where he's like spinning his chair. Yeah. Cry havoc and release the dogs. But you can tell that, that, that Plummer is actually just like, you know, he's like, uh, like deer stepping, like to be able to like turn the chair. Yeah. It's great. It's so, it's just, it was, we were just so, it was one of those movies we were watching where we were like, we are so confused, but so compelled. We were, it was just, it was a very strange viewing experience. Um, you know, and then like, it gets a little cliche at the end with the whole, oh, yeah. you know, Shatner gives his big speech and I know I said I couldn't trust Klingons because I lost my son, but you lost your father and... 
uh, you know, and it's okay, you know, um, <clears throat> but, but we were just like, that was, again, like, I keep saying it, but it's like, you, 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 you insert Christopher Plummer into this universe and all of a sudden just everything about Star Trek is elevated somehow. He elevates. Yeah, no, yeah. He's, he is a... Christopher Plummer is a fine seasoning to sprinkle upon any movie that really brings it out. It's like right, Stanley right. Tucci mm, or, right, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, like yeah, Stanley yeah. Tucci's like, he shows up in a movie. And you're, you're like, like yeah. yeah. <laughs> of I just watched Supernova and Stanley Tucci's absolutely fucking amazing in it with Colin Firth. Um, a phenomenal movie. Very, very uh, pleasant but hard watch. The, uh, yeah. Yeah, I've I haven't seen it yet, but I just the I the Tucci Firth combo just sounds They are amazing. extremely they make me want to be a gay man in my like late fifties, early sixties. Like you're just like, that looks nice. That looks nice. They make it look good. Uh, uh back to Star Trek. Uh Kim Cattrall was surprised to see her, did not know mm-hmm. that she was there, I think this is one of her first big roles ever. Has to be. Has to be. And uh, I was, you know, it was one of those things where I was just, oh, you know, there she is. And she's very young. And she's... Well, it's, uh, and it's funny, too, because Kirstie Alley is, like, one of her first roles was in Wrath of Khan. Right, right, right. Exactly. And then yeah. she got recast, like, going into the other ones. You're just like, ah. Is this kind of just something Nicholas Meyer does? He's just like, this person's going to be famous soon. I'm going to put them in a Star <laughs> Trek movie first. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I, no, Star Trek, uh, Star Trek, The Undiscovered Country, fantastic movie. I think it's underrated. I think uh, people really should revisit it. I think so, too. And, and I, I give it another so, chance. I think so, too. And I, and, the prison and, stuff is cool. Uh, oh, you got oh, that dude that looks oh. like Ivan Ooze at one point. Also, also, Iman. Iman. Mm-hmm. I yeah, was like, man. Iman is in this. That's this cool. Yeah, I didn't even think like, about that. Fucking yeah. Iman. Like, oh, I'm, uh, this is just Yeah, this, like, is, this is actually like a pretty good you and Tim movie. Like, this yeah, kind of just, just one of those. Yeah. I'm kind of happy I didn't spoil a lot of this. I'm very like, happy you didn't do because what? it was one of those. Iman shows up on the screen. We were like, oh, my God, this is another everyone is in this movie movie. Like, everyone is in this movie. Um, Did you see, too, that the president of, like, the Federation is played by um, the dad from that 70s show? Could you yes. tell that it was him? Yeah. I, I I did not. Tim caught it because Tim was a big that 70s show fan. And he was yeah. just like, ah, ah, it's Robocop. Him. Yep. The yep. Tigers are playing. Yeah. Tonight. So it's, it was just, it was, it was fun. It was a fun watch. We had, we had zero idea what we were getting into. Love that. That's exactly I, it was what just, I want. It was just, you just said, this is on the list. And I said, all right, See, I guess this, we're And this it. is like, you know, we were about to start this series called MC17, uh, where on the 17th of every month at the theater, we would play a mystery movie at eight o'clock. You wouldn't know what it was. Tickets would be half price hmm. and all ticket okay. donation, all tickets, all ticket prices would be donated to a local nonprofit. But the idea yeah. is that you wouldn't know what the movie was. And so it'd be like a way to kind of get people in the seats to show them something like, hey, maybe you've never heard of this or maybe you've heard of it but never wanted to watch it, but we think it's good. And Undiscovered Country would be a perfect one for that. Oh, where yeah. it'd be like, no, 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 no. Like, you guys need to sit down and watch this. Like, it's pretty fucking cool. Yeah. Yeah. And especially, I mean, like, I went in there knowing Christopher Plummer was in it. I cannot imagine if I had not known that tidbit and just 
you know, like come across. I, mean, I can't it on imagine TV. your face. Like, like, did you see a picture of him before he showed up in the movie, or did no. you just like turn it on and no, when no, he no, shows no, up, no, you're no, like, no, oh, I, he's I, got an eye patch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I I went in as blind as possible. I went in. I said, I I said, there's a Star Trek movie and Christopher Plummer's in it, and it's on the list. Of films we're going to discuss, so we're I got to watch it. it. We're doing it. I did not Google anything. I didn't look at the look up the plot. I didn't look at pictures. I was just like, I'm just going to do it. And I was like, What the fuck? This is, <laughs> this is incredible. That's you know, fantastic. and like, and like, I, you know, and, and like, incredible to the point where like I forgive things. Like the Klingon blood is so very, 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 very oh, fake. But it's fucking but cool. It's cool. Yeah, exactly. But it's, it's just, so it's, cool. It's, You're like. It's 1991, zero gravity, and they're all just like, yeah, like jump, chicken. <laughs> you're like, cool. I love that the gravity boots are like the big, you know, like the big mystery, like where are the boots, and that's how we'll find the person, the assassins. And... and they got that great joke where the guy's got the big webbed feet. Yep. <laughs> and then you've got that amazing scene, and I know that we need to wrap up mainly mm. for me, but um, you've got that amazing scene that is uh, when Spock reads the other Vulcan's mind. And it's such an invasion yeah. and such an intrusion. Because if you know anything about Star Trek, you know that Vulcan mind melds, that the person doing the mind meld feels the same things mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. the other person do, does, uh, yes, which is yeah. what which is what makes them not be too intrusive because they'll feel the same fear and pain. Right. And so there's there's like this violation happening and with it being like a man and a woman, you bring that into it. Right, but they right. they, they they balance it so delicately with right. Spock also being like he is upset about the situation too. Like he didn't even want to do it in the first place, but right. now that he is doing it and then like he doubles up and then it's just like like a supernova of crazy. Like I, I think that that scene, yeah. that scene should be extremely problematic. And every time I watch it, I'm like, oh shit, this is some problematic shit. And then by the time you get to the end of it, you're kind of like, actually they played that pretty respectfully. Like it is a violation. It is like, you know, there's a whole thing about consent and everything going on there, but it is like, they just balance it where like you mm-hmm. kind of go like this is Star Trek and you kind of push it aside while not belittling like how severe it is what Spock is doing and right. how severe it is what is happening to this person. Right. Right. Exactly. Like exactly. Spock don't want to do that. Spock's a cool guy. No. Yeah. Spock is very, Spock is a very ba- balanced human being. Very wise, very balanced and would, and that's the thing is he would only resort to that in the direst of circumstances and i think that's also why it it that's also why it doesn't play in a way that feels icky you know what i mean because yes. you're because icky this is, is the right word you're yeah. like you never get an icky feel you're like no because i feel like, like i should be getting an icky feel right you know, I've been trained to notice things where I'm like, I feel like an icky feels about to happen here, but right. then it doesn't. It doesn't. And it's but and it's because it's because we know we know who Spock is and we know what his, you know, moral code is, what his ethics code is, we know how he lives his life, and we know that this isn't a thing that he is capable of doing that he takes advantage of all the time to fuck with people he did it because it was necessary and he didn't like that he had to do it and that's 
that's what keeps it from getting into the into the icky zone you know um yeah no i'm i'm really really happy that you put this on the list and and uh this was like the main one where it was like yeah i'm you know like i picked like the man who would be king um and i think you did a a beautiful beautiful mind mind, and then like yeah you had insider inside man beginners Beginners, and sound of music but sound of music was your big one and i was like if it's got to be a big one it's got to be star trek right well you know and and again my my feeling with the sound of music wasn't even necessary we've we've covered this already but i'm just the sound of music is just it's 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 because when you look at the the christopher Plummer career the trajectory right you've got that it's got that prolific context it all starts it all kind of starts with the sound of music uh you know and then and then you watch the sound of music and you're like okay um but you know believe it but but you know what if i were to say if i were to say just to bring us full circle the sound of music Mm -hmm. um if there is one scene that you should watch in the sound of music it is the scene of captain von trapp and maria doing the dance outside with the kids because that is just in that one moment that's gonna be the the image Mm -hmm. for this podcast episode is going to be that scene but i'm gonna take christopher Plummer from this movie out and and you're gonna gonna put put klingon klingon christopher plummer Plummer in there because it's gonna work it's it's, gonna work it's gonna work perfectly yes it's gonna win us uh like a podcast emmy whatever the fuck they call those things (laughs) i think they're called like ubies or obbies oddies i don't know and that's good that'll be great because uh you know we both we both were fearing uh cancellation uh right of ourselves and maybe this is the episode that cancels everybody you know Mm -hmm. like just us maybe and then like our bond episodes are just uh only listened to by people who don't care about you know or or they they hate listen to them they go back and they're like all oh, these two oh, motherfuckers yeah getting drunk and talking I swear, about man, daniel that, craig that casino royale episode has so many listens it's insane My- and we sh- and we share it every now and then and like every time we share it, we're like yeah we'll get a couple more listens and it just goes up like even more and it just keeps happening My- it's one of our most listened to episodes i love that i love that even knowing what a shit show it turned into because it's a shit show <laughs> like don't get me wrong like i the whole no, point no, of no. over drinkers <laughs> is to drink and get a little tipsy and have some fun towards the end you know some you start out really professional and then you kind of go into like more fun we stuff just, we just went off the rails uh, let me tell you this my dad um w- went back because i i've i've i i sent him a list of all the podcasts i've done for story screen so he was he's very intrigued cool. he went back and listened to them my father listened to the casino royale podcast oh he listened to me get progressively more incoherent we drank like seven martinis yes, each yes like big martinis big, big strong martini, martinis very strong martinis my dad i remember when you were done like we had to chill out for like uh, like an hour to two hours before you yeah, could because, drive yeah, home exactly like, i was like this. i don't think i'm safe to move right now my dad texts me after he listened to it and he was like that was so much fun and i was mm-hmm. like 
really are you sure and he was like he was like that was so much fun he's like he's like you know he's like i'm you know then he went through he like he listened to our mama mia he listened to you know sure but he was he he my dad my father he goes (laughs) that that casino royale podcast man that was some good stuff it's one of our best episodes dude it's just like it just i don't know how we did it we just just, lost our shit it's like the same thing with um that really bad uh sicario 2 day of the soldado we did like a hot take on that and it's one of our most listened to episodes and we can't figure out why (laughs) it's got like we've got like fifteen thousand listens on that one and we're just like how the hell did that happen and i was like is it because guns is like hashtagged in it and i'm like maybe i don't fucking know there, you know what? It's, there's I I I love that there there are corners of the internet where people know nothing about me except that I got really 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 drunk with my friend one day and said yeah. things like James Bond is cool, man. Yeah, He's just we just so talk cool. about how James Bond podcasts. I people <laughs> take them too seriously. I think at the end of the day, I'm just like, no, listen, like if you like talking and you're just like blibbity blabbity like just like fucking record it and create a product out of it there's fucking weirdos out there like the people listening to this right now that are just like yo i'm into that yeah you know like they see <laughs> they see over drinkers pop up and then they see you know whatever the movie is and then they see that w slash ria Banerjee. like they <laughs> they click right in because they're just like oh here we go oh you know what i i am uh i'm i'm dubiously flattered by that but i yeah. but, but i and I we got it. a new bond company up too so that's gonna be fun because we get to oh, you know we've yeah. already said like we're gonna for this one we're gonna watch this one and we're gonna, and we're gonna do the, the Timothy whole Dalton. daniel craigs all the all the daniel all craigs the, all, all the daniel craigs we're gonna kind of take remember what, what was that oh, one we were that's talking right, about that's like, right that's right oh we haven't really talked about skyfall which is really good and i kind of have a right, soft spot right. for quantum of solace and Spectre's right right really fucking weird right 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 yeah yeah i mean that's the thing is like you're gonna because because you love quantum of solace and i love skyfall so that'll be our yeah uh yeah, uh, look out, internet! It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. And you're um, gonna you're gonna have to give me uh, if we if if uh, if the world is not safe for us to do that in person. I did get my vaccine. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you're gonna have to send me the Vesper Martini recipe because for oh. that one, I, I feel am, like because uh, that's what that's like May or June. It's coming out. I yeah. feel like we'll be okay we'll be if okay. we're not, and you're not, uh, and you're not comfy. I'll send you the I'll send you the recipe. I'm vac- totally. I'm vaccinated. I got the J and J. I'm all Me too. good. Dude, what are we doing on the Zooms? I should have just come over tonight. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm I'm in the process of getting vaccinated. I'll be oh. I'll be I'll be fully oh, vaccinated oh, okay. by like mid April. Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, you got the two. I got the one and done. Mm-hmm. So I'm um, okay. Yeah. So there all we right. go. Yeah. We'll we'll get together so, in theater oh, three. I get to see the person space. and give yeah. you a hug. It'll be fun. Yay. It'll be good. It'll hugs, be good. Hugs. Hugs. Um, so, uh, Bria, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. It's always Uh, a blast with you talking about Nazis and, um. Sure. Okay. Good. Uh, no, that's not what I meant. Um, no, this was this. It's always a blast with you. And it's always nice seeing your face, even if it's on a little computer screen. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I can't wait to see you in person. That's going to be a good one. That's, that's one of the top. That's like my top five, like people I can't wait to actually see in person again. Oh, I'm so glad I'm on that list. You're on my list too. Um, And thank you so much, listener, for listening. Mm -hmm. Remember that this is not the only podcast that Story Screen does. We have a whole slew of other shows. 
Uh, it's right here on the whatever you're listening to. And you can also go to StoryScreenBeacon.com where we have a load of articles and videos and other podcasts. Check it out. We've been doing this shit for almost five years now. So oh there's God, a really? lot of cool stuff on there. Yeah, five man. Years. That's amazing. We've been doing it, dude. Oh, and we got a it. bunch of big stuff coming up too. We're, we're going to start doing uh, some like uh, – I don't want to say it on this, but hey, we're going to start doing like some more products and stuff that are Stuff is unique. coming. Yeah, stuff's stuff coming. Stuff is coming. Theater yeah. is opening back up. Uh, by the time this movie, by the t- this movie, this podcast comes out, the theater will be opening in a couple days. Um, theater, The Story Scheme Beacon Theater reopens on March 31st. Uh, it's going to be cool. Oh, that's um, amazing. That's amazing. Follow us on, on Facebook. Uh, uh, at a uh, story screen beacon New York. Uh, follow us on Instagram at story underscore screen underscore beacon, and follow us on Twitter at story underscore screen. Got all that great stuff, Ria. Do you have any social media stuff that you want to pitch, or anybody can follow you on there? Um, if you want to check me out on uh, if you want to check me out on Instagram, I am hashtag Rebel Song Dog R E B E L S O N G D O G, all one word. Um, I post all anything that I have written from Story Screen has been posted and linked to there, and uh, my articles and my podcasts. Uh, I also I'm a musician, so I post my music up there as well. So uh, if good profile to follow. Got yep, a lot of cool yep, stuff. Yeah, if you want to just listen to some music and read some writing and listen to me chat with Burge, there you go. That's where you go. All right, thank you guys so much for listening, Ria. Thanks again for joining, and uh, we'll catch you guys next time. All right. Bye.